This week on Waxy the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve welcome back special guest and friend of the show, the Spearmint Rhino himself, Hydroberg from A Cut Above Horror Review, to discuss the strangely sincere and subdued Nick Cage Ridley Scott smacker from 2003, Matchstick Men. Join us as we discuss Ridley Scott's most decidedly un-Ridley Scott film he's ever made, treat ourselves to a devotional from the cage man himself, flashback to a little Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, and ask the question, what is a Jamaican switch? Do you ever feel like dressing like a tin of shortbread? Let's wax the sympathetic porpoise. Alrighty, uh, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are on episode 46 now, I believe it's 46, uh, where we're covering uh, Matchstick Men from 2003. Um, tonight, you've got myself, as always, Jim G. Baby. Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the rocket man. And as... As always, we have the usual suspect, Steve. I looked at the fight tape, Lincoln! Yeah! It was a phantom punch! <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, man. That's an old one from Snake Eyes. You ever seen that, Nick? Yes, I have. Gary Sinise? Yeah. The old guilty pleasure. Uh, and as you can hear, uh, we have uh, back once again, joining us from A Cut Above, Horror Review, friend of the show, Hydraberg. Mm. Ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat until you pissed blood? <laughs> What's up, guys? I actually have been uh, dragged to the sidewalk and beat until I pissed blood. But it, it goes away in a couple of days. And <laughs> that sucks. It happened at a, at a strip club. Damn. No, I'm just yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've never pissed blood. Neither have I. I can remember. But I thought I did one time. I have a quick anecdote about that. I think I've told you before, Steve. Like I took uh, I took a shower, and we had brand new towels that hadn't been washed yet, and they were like a deep red color. Uh-oh. And you know how like if you don't wash towels first, and you like you'll get like a bunch of fuzzies, like yeah. shit from the towel, kind of if you haven't washed it yet, like straight out the store. I got out of the shower and I fucking you know I, th- I think it was in a hurry. I did a brisk dry. So I was just like, you know, shimmying and shaking, fucking like really trying to dry the fuck off. And then later on, when I went to go take a piss, I went to go take a piss and the piss was flowing, but it wasn't where it should have been at the time. Like it should have, I should be hitting back of toilet right now. And I looked down and it was like, it was like a pressure, like building up in like a pipe or like a fucking, like a hose. And I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, what, what's, what's happening? Like, like panic set in like zero to a hundred. Like I thought it was like the tip of my dick was going to fucking burst open like an alien or something. Uh, and then slowly, but surely like a big ass fucking dark red fiber starts pushing out and it hurt. So I was like, is this <laughs> it hurt. like a fucking blood <laughs> clot? Like, am I, is this blood? And then I fucking yoink it out. Yoink. And then the piss just starts flowing. I'm like, Oh fuck. Thank God. And I hold it up. And it's just like a big ass fucking fiber from this, 
this towel that I had briskly. Jim, how dried big off is with. the prick of your dick, bro? Like, you could get, <laughs> like how do you how do you dry off? Very Dude, curious, I don't know, man. man. You well, you to, think like, about your toweling off real quick. You. you know, you get the yeah. boys real quick, and you just you do up the, and uh, down. Scrub aggressive, scrub. aggressive butt floss a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, you skin your fucking sidewall. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Grundle floss. Yeah, I've never pissed blood. I, I wipe my asshole till it's raw, but I've never fucking pissed blood. Oh, that was a fun, fun aside. Um, yeah, thanks for coming back and joining us again. Um, I'm looking forward to to hanging and, and talking with uh, about this one. Um, I, it turns out I, I think I lied that I thought I had seen this, or maybe I did, and I just I forgot every single thing about it. Yeah, but. It's, it, this was basically a brand new experience for me. Steve, you'd never seen this one before or had nope. you? Nope. Never okay. seen it. I remember when it came out because this was like 2003. So I was about 18. I don't think this was like in my, uh, I don't think I was the target audience for this flick necessarily, but um, directed by Ridley Scott. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. Um, and as we'll talk about it, this felt very distinctly not Ridley Scott to me. <laughs> like it in did. any it way. Different. Um, but what's your history with, with this one, Nick? Uh, yeah, you, just you, had, you had suggested this one, didn't you? Uh, yeah, somehow we got on it, uh, last time when we were talking Fallen. Um, I don't remember if it was on air or after we had, um, finished recording. We, we got on movies somehow and I, yeah, this one came up and I think Steve had mentioned he hadn't seen it yet. So I was like, oh, this might be a good, good combo to, good film to talk about. I actually forgot that Ridley Scott, um, directed this one. Yeah, I was surprised to see that when I was looking it up. I mean, he's made he some. It, like, it's not really like his most of his other work. No, yeah, I mean he's he's made like other stuff that's not like sci-fi or action kind of heavy. Yeah, uh, or sci-fi heavy. Um, but this one, I feel like, is distinctly like the most non non Ridley Scott type of. Kind of feels like made. one of the films like like maybe his brother would make instead. Yeah, like Tony Scott. Yeah, yeah. totally. Although he he is in the same style, I, I'd say he's a little bit more of like an action. Uh, yeah, type he did director. Man on Fire, right? Tony Scott, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff too. I'm fucking. I'm I'm a bad movie buff right now. Not being able to rattle him off, but um, he's. If I looked at it right now, I'd be like, oh fuck, of course. He he did a lot of shit, and um, but yeah, I think he one, did um, Book of Eli. Also, I'm not positive. Yeah, I gotta look him up now because that's just gonna fucking. I'm on it. Ass. But yeah, thanks um, for having me back on. Yeah. Totally. Oh, Domino, he did. Oh Unstoppable. yeah. Unstoppable. Oh shit, Unstoppable, the train movie. <laughs> My name's Domino Javi. That's all I remember from that trailer. <laughs> She's He's like, produced I, a shit ton of films. Yeah, Unstoppable, the fan. Ooh yeah, aren't you a fan of that one, Steve? Um, I remember seeing it when I was younger. It, I mean, I don't. I don't have any particular fond memory of it, but yeah, I think I remember liking it when I was young. And it centers on the Giants. Yeah. And De Niro. Oh, oh shit. He did True Enemy Romance. State. Enemy yeah, I saw State. that. Yeah. True Romance. Yeah, he directed it. Wow. Oh, shit. Last act, uh, last Boy Scout. Yeah, he's kind of a sleeper. Like you, Days yeah, of you Thunder? I haven't yeah, seen a single like, one oh, of the, <laughs> the movies. <laughs> what? Really? You never saw Davis? He did Top Gun? Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop? I've seen yep. Top Gun. For sure. Shit, yeah, he's done it. yeah, I know that. I know you're a big Maverick fan. 
He did yeah. the hunger with, with Bowie, that fucking weird vampire flick. Of that whole list you mentioned, I've only seen The Fan, which I imagine is probably the shittiest of all of those. <laughs> Crimson yeah. Tide. Yeah, The Fan's not that great. No. Man on Fire, oh, he did. He did, he did Deja Vu. Revenge with uh, Anthony Quinn and Kevin Costner. That's a fucking good movie. Uh, we just covered a movie called Revenge on A Cut Above. Different, that's totally right. different movie, though. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one, so I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze it in tomorrow. That's oh, a good watch, man. It's on, uh, it's on Shudder. It, it might have some trigger warnings for some people because um, it's like a rape revenge film, but yeah. I recommend it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for revenge. That's, that's Me too. For sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, his brother's done a lot of shit. Kind of similar, um, but yeah, this one was a huge departure for Ridley Scott. Like, um, it's kind of weird actually watching this. He's just trying to branch out, I guess. But um, cool. So I guess, uh, or do we have anything else? Is there anything else going on before we get into the uh, into this flick that you guys have want to discuss? Note new or noteworthy? Watched anything? Done anything fun? Uh, well, I, did you want to touch on the movie that we just both watched recently? Yeah. Totally. I watched the out. I watched <clears throat> the Outwaters just before. I've seen a couple of things recently. Actually, I watched Infinity Pool. I went to the movies and saw Ant Man the other night. Um, but yeah, the Outwaters I just watched because you told me you didn't like it. Like you really didn't like it. I fucking hated it, man. I was. So I was like, now I gotta watch it. I was mad. I was genuinely like, I'm mad. Right <laughs> What's now. it about? I've never never heard of it. It just. Uh, it just I guess came spoilers out. for. Spoiler yeah, spoiler warning. alert! If you want to watch the Outwaters, don't fucking watch it. Yeah, also boner say. alert, just in case. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like a found footage film. Yeah, instead, dude, watch uh, Butterfly Kisses. That's a way better unseen that deserves way more love. Found footage like uh, this Outwaters. I think I overhyped it, so I'll, I'll put a lot of that on me because um, the marketing for it kind of hyped it. Built yeah, it, up, it did, and it looks it looked like pretty the- freakish. The trailer really cool looks setting. pretty cool. Yeah, like I, th- I thought they were gonna deliver something, and to me, it just fucking fl- fell flattered was... and shit. Like the my biggest thing is the, that it was the flashlight, boring. the magnification, the flashlight. How you could only see a yeah, small that was circle. That was horseshit. That's not how fucking flashlights work. And I was getting <laughs> so frustrated seeing a circle, like a small dinner plate of yeah. scenery for. I would say half the movie, at least. Yeah, it was, it was very off. frustrating. That sounds sounds pretty annoying. And even the kills and like all the shit that happens, super unsatisfying. Fuck all that. So, there was a couple glimmers of shit that I liked and I thought were intriguing. And they didn't do... I, you can go back to like, oh, they left it to your interpretation. And it's like, they don't uh-huh. want to you know spell it all out and regurgitate. It's like, no, you got to give me a little bit more than that because so, you're playing with some cool ideas but it's just like this it's so abstract and you're just throwing it out there and you don't come back to it you don't ex- explain even the tiniest bit it pissed me off i can see why you kind of like compared it to skinnamarink too because there's literally moments where it's like for 15 minutes i'm looking at like the like a bush or like uh-huh. part of the just the the floor of the mojave desert and a, a guy's bloody, bloody foot. ass fucking feet yeah bloody feet and so the premise i got was like this dude went crazy right and just kind of he killed his like the desert got him or whatever he went and he killed his friends yeah and then he's getting shot like a through time loop thing, it looks yeah like there's a time loop it. which i liked a lot 
And then yeah. he's like getting sucked through these like weird kind of portals and shown like different points in time. So that's what that light was. And it was him the whole time. Like when it shoots up, he's like, Oh no, go away. And he's all covered yeah, in yeah. blood and got the hatchet. And he's yeah, like yeah. looking at him fucking self. And like, yeah, yeah. I fuck that movie. <laughs> I, I think the, yeah, I think the premise was really cool, but the execution for me just felt like sort of, you could tell it was, it was made really cheaply. Um, I don't know. Yeah, man. And kudos, just, kudos to that, but you know the story was just not there for me. So it just I, didn't. It, it didn't engage me. It was like very boring. Yeah. Yes. What's Agreed. it called? One more time. The, the Outwaters. Outwaters. Okay, I'll try to make a mental note to never watch it. Yeah. I don't feel like it's the type of film that you would end up wanting to watch anyway, because I feel like you'd take a look at the synopsis and be like, "Nope, that's not for me." Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like you're not a big fan of like found footage. Or you wouldn't be, Steve, in general, like a Blair Witch style. Movie. I actually just watched the Blair Witch for the first time ever a couple months ago. <laughs> the very first one? Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. I didn't yeah. really... I had seen a very brief part of it a long time ago, and it was at the very end where the guy's like standing, looking into the corner. Right. And I was like, that's kind of a dumb way to end it. And then when I watched the whole thing, I was like, oh, that actually makes yeah. sense. So, right. Part of the uh, lore. Yeah, I liked it at least in that regard. Right on. But yeah, that's like the you know the benchmark. It wasn't the first one to come out as found footage, but I think it was like the first three or five actual found footage style movies, and it's the one that like bumped it up into the into the zeitgeist and the the movie going. I mean, it, it has to it has to get a few extra points for originality. Yeah, you know, and everything oh, yeah. that comes after that is graded on a harsher curve as it should be because it's not really an original yeah. idea anymore. So, right. uh, yeah, I imagine at the time when that first came out, it was pretty uh, a pretty cool thing. The marketing I'm, is what really propelled it. Yeah. I feel like I'm, the, there was the sci-fi documentary that yep. aired before it released that made you think like this was a real case that you just weren't oh, familiar shit. with. I oh, thought I it was a real internet. case for the longest time. Yeah. And a lot, I, that's not an uncommon thing. Like a lot of people that were like pretty impressionable, I would say 17 or 18 and under when that came out, I think a, a pretty good, a, a good chunk of those people thought that it was real, at least for yeah. a short time. That's I thought cool. it was like real like a, for a yeah. long time. Like yeah. Like the way, day, like the missing uh, hikers, like I thought they were actually missing fucking hikers. Cause in 97 or 99, when it came out, like the, the internet wasn't like what it is now, obviously yeah, right. 20 years later where you can, you just, you find shit out in 10 minutes or someone leaks something or you, um, fake <laughs> immediately. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Not real trolling. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, they definitely, they marketed it very smartly. Uh, at that and that school. was like the, that point in time too was like they got in like you know it's like when the gold rush strikes they were the first one to fucking mm-hmm. make it in and and bounce out you know like so yeah that was like a perfect storm for them that sci-fi documentary was rad as shit and that's I, what i, I watched that. one night before yeah, I, I even knew what the before. Blair Witch was i watched yeah. that and i was like what the fuck is this and then the movie was releasing and i was like oh shit this is the video t- of the hikers like yeah even they though totally you played says- it up I feel like your brain says, well, then they wouldn't release this kind of thing on in a in a theater to make money off of. Right. But then, I don't know, part of you talks yourself into it, too, because you're like, well, I don't know what our society would sensationalize nowadays. Like, yeah, uh, we're in a whole new reality. World. Television was just starting to get rolling mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, yeah the there was a market world. for people wanting to watch these sort of things and true crime and stuff like that was taken off. So, 
Yeah, even that, I know, uh, that believable that, at the time, I feel like. That grizzly man doc was pretty rough at the end. It's like, yeah, and him and his girlfriend were torn to shreds by these two grizzly bears that are yeah, dude. That, that I've heard. I've heard they've. Did they release some of the audio in that documentary? So this is this is a point of contention where I saw it back. It had to have been 05, I want to say. And I swear, I don't know if this is a false memory, but I I would bet money that the version I saw included the actual audio at the end. I think okay. you're but, right. But as I've I've read about it since then, I think they changed it and took it out because I mean it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty brutal, like, and yeah. it's not something you would easily forget. And and now it's it's one of those things where they say you just can't find it; it's been scrubbed. Right. But I don't know. I could be wrong, but I I have a vague memory of hearing the audio, and it's fun. Well, yeah. I, I mean, they've done that with with media, and th- and now the ease in which to do that now is a lot easier. Like going in and scrubbing stuff. Like, um, there's been cases of that even like super recently, like with Disney releasing their streaming service they mm-hmm. went back and fine-tuned and scrubbed a bunch of shit from older movies and put in things like disclaimers and things and yeah. put in their streaming service so um that makes sense that they could huh. have scrubbed it but the one thing that that lends credence to that too is just recently i don't know if it was like a mini documentary of the documentary of grizzly man or if it was just a clip but they showed uh he's a director a famous director i think his name's uh werner herzog mm-hmm. the, there was a, like an interview and he was allowed to listen to the uncut original raw audio of them getting fucking eaten and it shows him and his reaction and shit and it it, it looked like it really fucked yeah him that up. doesn't and that's he, not something that just goes away yeah. yeah, and I guess he took the headphones off, and he's like, "No one should ever hear of this," and like, like real, like ominous and cryptic. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard people describe like you know you can hear like squelching and like bones and flesh and and like oh, guttural like primal screams of like crying for help. But I can't imagine it'd be fucking pretty. Yeah, well, him and his girlfriend are both getting attacked, and at certain points, from what I remember, they're talking to each other at the same time and it's it's i mean it's not quick it's not a quick way to die that's for sure nah. yeah because i mean bears they do have like biting force you know strength like pressure but their teeth from what i understand aren't like super sharp so yeah i feel like it'd be like it'd be like being grinded down slowly like by a, like a machine you know yeah Fuck yeah that. it's probably a tough lesson herzog yeah, was wonder- in um Mandalorian too. He's yeah. uh he's show me the baby. Let me see the baby. <laughs> Let me see the baby. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they end up going back and retroactively taking out smoking from old movies when dude, they can. And dude, this movie would be such a great candidate. I don't know what the the choice was, but some of these old movies, it's like you don't need to smoke a thousand cigarettes in the movie. As a former well, smoker, when you have OTD like he does. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, myself as a former smoker too. I think we're all former smokers. Yeah, like for at least a decade or close to that. And yeah, it was too much. There's some yeah. movies where it's like it, it makes me want, it makes me nostalgic mm-hmm. to have a smoke. Yeah, this one felt very like like when in like the summertime when you're like I gotta quit and like it's not cute anymore. Like when you're just like you jonesing, you having a nick fit, but it's like painful yeah. the whole time. Like each drag like hurts, and you're like. 
I felt that when he's like smoking and he's vigorously cleaning his house, I smelled like the pungency of like Lysol and like fucking Clorox wipes and sweat and heat and cigarette smoke. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, because he doesn't open the windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just kept car- thinking yeah. like you're such a clean freak, but your your house has got to smell like absolute shit. Yeah, and yeah. how crazy you're going, you got to be ashen everywhere. So, like, for how crazy fixated he gets on those two little carpet fibers, like... I know, I couldn't understand that he was a smoker. It just didn't make sense as much, too, with everything else. But it, you see, like, he kind of leaned into it more when he wasn't on his meds, right? Like, when he was bugging out. Yeah. That's yeah. when he smoked the most. Um, I think that... Maybe cleaning that closet was, uh, was fucking stacked, bro. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like one of those fucking coop, those extreme couponer families yeah. in like fucking Idaho. Their whole basement's just fucking yeah. racked out with like every size Ziploc bag. Yeah, it was like John Wick's gun cabinet. It, kept <laughs> it, up. it was just fucking yeah. cleaning products and Lysol sprays and <laughs> fucking wet wipes. Uh, uh, so, yeah, for me, I don't know. This is like when I first saw this film, it just kind of kind of stuck with me as like, oh, man, like. Nicholas Cage is do- he does first of all the guy's when he passes away he's probably going to have like over a thousand films in his filmography like he, yeah, he takes on so many jobs um, and they're not all the best but he has a an acting style where sometimes he's in something dramatic and like a slower burn or and then sometimes he's fucking super zany I feel like this film kind of straddles that line where he can do a little bit of both in this film and that's yeah. what I kind of kind of drew me to it that's what i liked about it yeah i'll say one thing that i did notice in this that i appreciated because spoiler alert i didn't really like this film um but i enjoyed some of the performances but one thing i could i distinctly could tell was uh i think cage whether he was aware of it or not i think he did a really good job at like like that straddling that zany and trying to keep it together line and then, you know, like as he as he runs out of meds, has to get more meds and then slowly realizes they were just a placebo. And then like towards the end, I, I feel like you could see an arc, like a progression, like he's like getting a hold of himself more and more, yeah. I guess. But And by the end of the film, he's like, it seems like the ticks are down and he's like, you know, like he's working. He's not conning people anymore. Like, I, I appreciated that probably the most. Um <laughs> And, yeah, <laughs> dude, the the pygmy shit got me every time. Dude, he's blaming pygmies for everything. When, when the lady yeah. opens the fucking when he's uh, after they're trying to scam the old people um, with the with the filter, yeah, and he's yeah. they left the door open. It was bitching. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love to also like some of the physical, like he, I, th- I feel like he reined it in pretty well, but like when, <clears throat> after he flushes his first set of pills, which looked like fucking, uh, uh, Viagra. It? No, it looked like, um, what's it called? Damn it. Uh, Benadryl. It just looked like Benadryl. <laughs> like yeah, but they, they were, were blue, right? Ass pink. No, they were, oh, pink. they were pink. Okay. They're like bubble gum ass pink. But anyway, after he, he drops those and then he calls frantically his doctor and he gets like nowhere like, oh, he he moved. He owes me back rent and he hangs up on him and he does that fucking like with his yeah. his arms. He does that little tick. That shit fucking cracked me up. He had a, but, he had yeah, a funny, think- like a funny mannerism too. a few times where somebody would ask him something or say something and it would short circuit his brain and he would just, um, oh, yeah. um, he, he had the, oh um, God, I love that. 
<laughs> when his daughter was like, well, daughter, you know, quotations, was like questioning whether he was a criminal. Um, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Like subtle. <laughs> so, Jim, you didn't like, so I actually really do like this film. I think. Really? No, it's different to me. I, I really like the dynamic between Roy and Frank, like right off the bat. I like when we get the glimpse into like how they run their scams and, you know, with their home office and, you know, like how they, you know, they, they contact people from the office and, and ring them in. And then, you know, they do yeah. the courier service thing. And, and then they have a bunch of other scams that they, you know, I, I don't know. I've always just been fascinated by like grifters and con men in general. Just it's just such yeah. an odd lifestyle to live. Totally. And I, I like Sam Rockwell a lot, and but I didn't really, I didn't like him a ton, to be honest, in this film. I feel like he was kind of, play, I think he was kind of just like going through the motions a little bit in this one. I did at the beginning like like the, the back and forth, like the pick and roll that him and uh, Nick Cage have. Uh, it felt a little superficial, and I wish they would have dug in. I think there's time to like cut from other places and add a little bit more to show them scamming to, a little to, bit together their, to their routine or their shuck and yeah. jive. Um, I would have liked that more. Like if, if, because at the end, the betrayal, I feel like it would have paid off a little bit more. If you would have showed them a little bit more like thick as thieves. True. I could see that. Or like, you could see the moment where Frank sort of decides like, my I felt pretty early on. I was be... like, I feel like this guy's going to fuck him over. I had well, he's Sam Rockwell. You kind of—I feel like you almost think that when you see his. He always plays a character that's sort of like. Yeah, he's kind of slimy. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that like I'm some like great detective or something, but I feel like they still could have. I wish they would have added on to their back and forth a little bit more. Steve, what do you think? Did you buy those two as uh, like a strong duo? Um, I did. I I liked it a lot. Um, if you there like was this a. Flick? I did quite a bit actually. Wow! If if there was a if there was like a bingo card of the things I love in movies, this one hit quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, it, you know I love I love con artistry. I love a good antihero, like a bad guy, but you're still kind of rooting for him. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, love a good mental illness storyline. <laughs> I um, yeah, I liked I liked the, the back and forth between. Those two, and also um, between Roy and Angela, I thought they had a really cool vibe. Yeah, and I bought absolutely. it from you know beginning to end. I think Nick Cage gets kind of a bad reputation, and I know we joke about some of his shittier movies, but I thought he did a really good job in this one. Like, so did I. Yeah, I yeah, won't, I won't was, argue that either. And I also went into this. I, I I try not to read anything or watch a preview. Like, I'd like to have zero thoughts or preconceived notions going into it so when i rented it it was like a con man blah 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 and so i was like i'm gonna stop reading it i'm just gonna watch it so all i knew is that there was some some storyline involved with con artistry which i enjoy um but then as it as it goes on it becomes like a like a like a sweet father-daughter story i was like okay i'm I'm fine with this too like whatever direction it wants to go i have no idea so i was also trying really hard not to be that annoying person I have inside me. That's trying to predict <laughs> what's going to happen at the end. You know, yeah. I, I try to shut that down. Cause it just does, it doesn't serve me. It, it just distracts me from. That's so I, arrogant. Yeah. That's, <laughs> screw off. 
Yeah, so I actually really enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot more than wow. I thought I was going to. Um, That's it could crazy. also be like, obviously, it's a similar theme, and I think it's a similar time frame, but it also has a, the, a similar feeling to uh, Catch Me If You Can, which I love that movie. Yeah, I do, so, I do like that movie a fair amount, as much as I, I hate to admit that. Uh, no, it's a will, good film. I will say uh, the final reveal in the end I did have a moment where I had the Nick Cage like, um, um, <laughs> you know, my first thought was like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't yeah. care for it. I, it doesn't I'll make sense to me. But then as, as it kind of settled in, I was like, okay, I, I could see how this is like a viable thing. You know, it, it didn't seem completely crazy outlandish. Uh, right. Yeah. And I'll say that like the first time I saw this film, like I didn't, I didn't anticipate that coming. The, uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, the double cross. Um, obviously, it's something you have to worry about in that field, I bet. Um, but I do think they felt like they had history as partners. I didn't think that Sam uh, was going to and Frank was going to end up doing that to him, you know. And I just never, ever thought that Angela was a plant. It just felt like part of yeah. the plot of like, oh, well, yeah. it's about a con man who realizes he has a past and a daughter and it's like how she changes him a little bit like you said like their relationship just felt genuine from the get-go um and you believe that like oh she's a 14 year old girl who's like spunky as fuck and and he doesn't know how to handle her but yeah it's like an alien but they're like together like it brings a side of him out that he's been kind of pushing back you know what i mean that might be why he has these ticks and things like this too because oh yeah he's not really living his his best life you know what i mean he's He's making money, but he's not happy. Yeah, and he's lonely as shit, probably. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he goes to the same checkout line every day. And, and sees doesn't that know the bitch's name, yet she has a yep. name tag clear as you shit. Hell, she's into him. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, oh, from Jump Street, she's giving him I want to fuck you eyes. And then, yeah, uh, which is hilarious. Yeah, he considering books. It's like, what does he do? He just, he cleans. Yeah, considering what he's buying, can you imagine the real life version of that where a cashier is like, "More, more tuna and packs of cigs." I'm yeah, interested. Tuna and <laughs> like, yeah, no, no that's fucking like, way. Yeah, huge red flag, buddy. I love um, that moment where Frank comes. He's like, "Bro, where you been? I've been calling." He comes in just chowing on the food, and he's like eating it like so aggressively. Yeah, and like a slob, and he's just like <laughs> spilling shit all over. The- he says, "I promise, I'll take my shoes off." And as soon as he walks in the house, he goes right to the carpet. Pygmies. <laughs> see that I like that too. Like later on, like you see Cage even starting to slip from his own rules. Like yeah. I mean, it's pretty blatant yeah. when he's like he's fucked up and he goes on like a two day bender on the couch and it's all messy. But there's that point where he goes in and Sam and he steps on his own carpet without taking his shoes off. And Sam Rockwell looks at him and Called he's like, on it. he's yeah. like pygmies <laughs> or he's like, Hey, you forgot to take your shoes off asshole. Yeah, he's, he's like, Oh, pygmies. Fuck. So it's like him slipping on that shit, you know? And, and like, say, to me, I that think- that was the progression of like him getting over that, like, uh, that OCD, those all those tick yeah. things, you know? He's also distracted, like, too, because I feel like... And Frank's counting on that, you know, because Angela's... Th- she's a wrench, you know, that's been thrown into his life. Right. And he, it's an op- it ends up being an opportunity for um, Frank, played by Sam Rockwell. See, the, the, here's a question to you guys is, do you think that... Um, what's Alison Lohman's character Angela. name? Angela. Angela. Did you think that Angela was like 
uh, like a reliever or like someone that Frank knew. That yeah, she was hired by in. Frank to all those actors, the doctor, the cops. Wait, okay. Jim, Jim, I, I thought it was by happenstance. Like she was just like some grifter in this town and like maybe they had met up at the fucking what's that? Dude, I love the name of this gentleman's club, the Spearman Rhino. Um is it yeah. is it at all unclear that she was hired by Frank? I Did I miss just, that? I I could have missed that if that was. Well, yeah, I wasn't said, sure if you if you didn't know if she was hired by him or if you thought she was like um, her his protege. I mean, like, it, it I, seemed it seems pretty clear. I thought anyway okay. because then it, it, maybe, at the end when I'm she's just, talking about how Frank like fucked her on the cut. That yeah, by the end, I mean yeah, they were clearly okay. in cahoots. Or am I misunderstanding your question? No, I I understand that they were in cahoots the entire time. Yeah, I'm curious if. He she had is just like grifter in the city that he happened upon and it happened by happenstance. Or if like I guess this isn't really an important question. I was just curious, like, or if you thought that like he knew her from another city or like was was already acquainted with her and brought her in from the beginning and had this entire fucking plan mapped out from everything. I mean he definitely had a plan. I don't know when yeah. he decided to engage it. Because I feel like the introduction of Angela, like he had, he probably had a plan, and then the introduction of Angela like changed his plan. He adapted it. No, and I, I think the plan think so? started. No, she was introduced when, when his doctor skipped town, and Frank yeah. was like, "Here, I'm going to give you a number to this guy, and he is right. a plant also." And then I understood yeah. that. So then he relied right. on That's what I the psychiatrist too. to call the wife, which he never did. But then and he says, Nick Cage gave all that okay, information okay. out willingly, right? He gotcha. gave yeah. it to the doctor. He asked the doctor to call yeah. his wife. So, so, so okay. there's a couple things that needed to happen for this very long con to happen. Yeah. He, he had to assume that Nick Cage wouldn't call his ex, who it, he hinted that he like beat the shit out of her when she was pregnant. Yeah, I picked up. It was very yes. fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, she had a black guy. Like, I, and I gave her a black guy. And I and gave then, it to her, yeah. He said he was yeah. drinking a lot during those times. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so it might he, have been before he found meds. So that's like how he was dealing with his issues. Was he was drinking and beating so women? So he had to. Oh. He had to count on. I mean, this is a extremely long con. So yeah, he had to is. count. He had to count on oh. Nick Gage to not call the wife. It's called the long con. Uh, <laughs> so then the only other the only other time where. Looking back, tell me if you if you see anything else. The only other time looking back that he was real close to blowing the whole thing was when he's talking to Angela about getting custody, and he's like, "I just need to call your mom and get the paperwork filed." And you know, yeah. it, all he all it would have taken was one call to the ex-wife. But I mean, Frank must have known this guy's such a fucking whack job. He's so spun out right. because of this gal that there's no way he's going to call her. And I, I think Frank knew from the beginning. <laughs> that like all of this mental shit that Roy has, it's all in his head. It, 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 it isn't real, which is why he orchestrated the whole thing. Like, yeah, just give him some female, like femme booster, whatever. It, it doesn't like matter. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How in the name of Zeus's butthole. I think there would be an issue if they made this movie today 
because yeah. there would be like a mental health stigma of like, oh, you're saying people with these OCD, they, like they're just faking it and they just need to get it. You know, I yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I, I could see that too. Like, I could see I someone. Know, I, I, I could see people trying to film. call this film out because of that. Yeah, just to just for attention or or whatever it would be, but I don't think it portrayed people with OCD or with like ticks like that in a negative light. I mean, I, I'm sure people could try to fucking strawman that by, well, he's a fucking sure. con artist and he's yeah. fucking people I think it over. Just like, how, you're making him look like a scumbag how because he has OCD to, and all this shit. Like, no. I think it well, just like, shows how uh, difficult it is to, to live your life with these issues and have, uh, you know, be have a successful business and do your everyday stuff and your responsibilities while dealing with this and have yeah. interactions with people. Because he doesn't. He has Frank and that's it, right? He has nobody else in his life. He, the cashier lady, he just like, yeah. looks at and walks away. <laughs> yeah, um, just Kathy. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I've known people with OCD and like the, you know, like how he does the door and the one, two, three. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, there's some people that have to do like certain lights like 16 times every time. I think if anything, too, if it speaks on anything, it could speak on that like there's a reliance on medication in our world nowadays where like sometimes trying to try and deal with your issues naturally while taking medication, but not as not relying on it as much. And then type, you know, some people wean themselves off of medication and find other means to deal with their issues and right. aren't as, you know, some people need medication all the time. I get it. But like, I feel like society is so quick to just say, Hey, take these five pills and they'll work. And that's, you know, and that's, that's, and that's placebos the mess with your mind. Your mind sometimes just is so powerful that it thinks, Oh, well I took the pill. So I, I'm obviously going to feel better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that a couple of weeks ago, I think, either before. I don't know if it was on an episode, but yeah, like just like how, I mean, it almost sounds trite kind of or like gee whiz when you say it, but it is fucking intense, like, because you hear about, oh yeah, the placebo effect. But if you actually sit and think about how nuts that is, like that, that your, your brain can like take, this is what it's going to do to you. And then you you're told that and you believe it. And then your brain does the thing that this shit's supposed to do for you and makes you feel that way. Like that's insane. That sounds like well, magic. Like it doesn't sound like, like science. You know, you know, they'll take your hand. Like I've seen that where they, they have the guy, he has like his real hand behind like a little cardboard thing. And then they have like a fake hand in front of him and they're like rubbing his hand with like a feather and the fake hand with the feather. And then eventually they stop rubbing the real hand and just doing the fake hand. And his brain is processing the stimulation from the feather, thinking it's real. And so and then if all of a sudden they were to like bang the hammer, a hammer on the hand, he'd think he was in pain, even though it's a fake hand. Oh, shit. His brain's crazy. like, yeah, that's like reverse, a, like phantom limb. Yeah. Shit, yeah well, that's you know? how that's, I that's think that's nuts. basically what it's, what it's it triggering is that same effect that the phantom limb is doing. Yeah. That's crazy. My mom was an amputee. Uh, she lost her leg and, the phantom oh, limb really? thing is, yeah, it's it's weird. She would tell me about it, like how it felt. Like sometimes she would have an itch, she just couldn't scratch. It's not always Fuck. pain. Does it go away? Like, does it only happen it, at, it, at the like, beginning? It, or I don't know. I don't know if over time it got better. Um, I never really inquired that, but I just know that like it was like every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. kind of it's it's just like when you have loss in your life. Sometimes you forget somebody's gone, or like so it's like she would forget, and then her brain would sort of fill in that like. Yeah, your your knee itches right now, but she didn't have the knee anymore, so it was like, dude, that's gonna know. be so infuriating. 
Yeah. Like, oh fuck! I gotta scratch my shin. It's yeah, I feel like, like it's always associated associated with like pain, but it's not always. Sometimes it's just an uncomfortable feeling of like or I like a tingle or something. Calf. Yeah, tingle. Or, like the feeling, like wouldn't you like get a dead leg or something, and then it comes mm-hmm. back, and it's like the fucking sand itchies. Yeah, like you said, when like when you lose somebody, like intellectually, you you know they're gone, but. There's like a weird emotional thing, and I think that's where the denial comes from. Like, well, no, that that's not possible. They were just here, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. It's... Like, I just spoke to him. There's no right. way. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I like when he's talking to the therapist for the first time, and he's like going through the scenario of like, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I think about sometimes like just ending it all and like blowing my brains out. But like, I'm staring at my carpet and like, yeah. then I start thinking about like, I start worrying about like, well, well if I blew up my brains out and like, then it got on the carpet and then I worry about it, what it would do to my fucking carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my life. And just give me the, give me the medicine. Uh, that was a good part. That reminds me too, like the first, the first time where it's really emphasizing his fucking like, like OCD is when like, it does that quick smash cut to like, he's like, it's like you go into a cold sweat and he turns and he, and it zooms into those two carpet fibers. And he's like, and then it's like, he changes out of a suit into like his like cleaning jumpsuit of like all gray sweats and sweater gloves. And he's just fucking going to town smoking probably 30 cigarettes in two hours and the daylight like any sunlight coming through the blinds is just like blinding and like i like some of those effects like it made me feel like oh man it what if that's what that was like you know where if you had some some like really strong aversion to something like fuck i've almost felt like that once with like i got allergies really bad one time and it was super sunny out and i was driving yeah. and dude my eyes just started fucking leaking like someone had turned on a faucet i had to pull over i couldn't drive like it was like like the sun and the fresh cut grass it was like late spring like these allergies they it just like it was like a trank dart wow yeah. So, so I, I do kind of reminded me of that when he open when they open the slider at the beginning that first con and he sees all that buzzing shit and it's all yellow yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and everything's really, moving at a weird pace. Yeah, that reminded me of that feeling I get like <laughs> if if I drink way too much fucking coffee, just that like anxiety <laughs> induced like oh fuck I don't feel so good you know when you're drinking the nitro, <laughs> especially if it's on like an yeah. empty stomach, right? Yep. <laughs> So oh, yeah, that's I do think the crux of this film is like it is the relationship with Angela. Like I, for me, that works. If it didn't work, this whole film wouldn't work at all. Yeah, in my opinion, like it's. I think this is a kind of like a heartfelt story. I mean, like he loses in the end in a sense, but he wins, and everybody kind of wins in a, in a way at the end. It's it's a weird story where you expect like this story could have went a, a bunch of different ways, where like someone got killed or like. You know, like our main guy that we're kind of rooting for, he loses. He loses all his money. He loses everything. But then he gains a family. He gains his confidence and right. a new life. Um, yeah. Angela, mm-hmm. she she gains her independence and like, you know, like her, her like confidence also in like her womanhood and like and who she is, um, even though she got scammed by Frank. And we just assume Frank's probably out there, you know, scamming still, you know. Um, there's no like. Oh well, Nick Cage has to get back at Sam uh, Frank now. Like, no, he just right. he let it go. He let right. it go. He got scammed, and he's he respects that. He respects yeah. the hustle. Right. 
I like that this too. That, doesn't turn that they Angela didn't show in. him like because I what I thought they were gonna do, which somehow I would have liked less, is I thought it was gonna be because pretty early on I was like I think Sam Rockwell is gonna fuck him over, Frank. Um, that's easy. And then it I I did enjoy the Allison Loman like him her coming in and like oh he's gotta like try and find out how to be a dad and like he's got this in his lap and I I liked their back and forth. They're kind of like really unorthodox kind of awkward yeah. at first interactions and um but like towards the end so i thought what was going to happen was okay so frank's gonna try to cross him but then it's nick cage and he's gonna fucking cross back he's gonna be like the sage master like i got one this is my final you know thing to give you like my final trick or something and then he was gonna come out on top in the end but i liked how they kind of just played it kind of like well, yeah, he got screwed over, but like what you said, he did gain like like he looked like he got w- well, like he became uh, better in some yeah. way, and then went after the gal at the checkout and like stopped being so fucking like like OCD about shit. He was able to like so I'm finding some kind control. of calmness. Like he just lived his life without trying to control everything, and you know he like became super comfortable in like just everyday stuff and living you know living i I think it's i love the ending of how he comes home to her yeah because we go we get the scene of him going to the the checkout and you're like expecting to see her because they've already they've gotten that image in your head of like oh he's at the grocery store and then you just see random dude and you're like yo where's kathy bro i was i right there i kind of felt it and i had a smile i was like she's at home yeah i was like she's cooking a bun in the oven yeah I wasn't expecting that, but I thought that was a cool little touch, you know, kind of playing on like, you know, like the sympathies of, of him thinking that he had a daughter and like enjoying that and like realizing what he missed out on probably and like, yeah. and, and wanting that. And so I thought that was cool, but I also did too, like at the end, how, you know, you could expect him to fucking like go off on angela like he sees her and like it's it's tense for a second but then you know and you can you can see the progression even in that scene of his eyes and he's like and you see him soften and by the end it's like it was a good interaction and he did he was still fatherly to her right he's like asking her questions that a dad might you know like are you happy like how are you doing and um, I think that transcends like the label or like, you know? or like just cause they weren't blood. They shared a, a, a piece of time that was significant. I mean, it, it brought this guy out of the funk you could say, or what or the, the life that he was in, he became by virtue of meeting her, he ended up in a better place. You could argue. Yeah. And um, I think she, her too, in a sense, like, right. Cause it, I did buy that. She wasn't scamming that dude. Like she was general, genuinely into him and, like she was ready to, you know, like start her own life, you know, without all the bullshit. So yeah. I thought that was an I did like that interaction and that ending. So I'm being sort of weirded out in this when I first saw this film too, because I'm like, you meet her and she's like this 14 year old plucky kid, and then like you see her in that carpet scene, you're like, she's kind of hot. Like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know how to feel about this. <laughs> to, so we can absolve all of 14 year old kids. She's probably like 25 or something. So we can absolve all of ourselves here and now. She was 23 years of age during the filming of this. So, um, I mean, they, she's a con artist too. They say she's 14 when they introduce her in the middle of the movie. She, she could be in, in that, in the movie universe, she could be 20, 22, 23, what she actually is. But, um, 
I mean, I kind of bought like 14, 15 because she yeah. is kind of smaller and real skinny. Yeah, and, she's like petite. And I, not knowing I, her as, as an actress like or how old she might be, like seeing a fresh face, I totally bought her as like, oh, yeah, this is like 15-year-old girl. But um, at the end, with the black hair, and like she definitely like – it's like you can see, oh, yeah, I can buy her. She's 25. Easy, too. But – did you realize a uh, quick quick hitter of trivia? The dude that she was with at the end, Fran Kranz, he played that the stoner Cabin. in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. Were you gonna say, Steve? You look like you wanted to say something. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I totally bought. She was fourteen, and that kind of led to m- me thinking, like, "Wow, what a great actress for being so young." And then when she comes back in the end, I was like, "Maybe she's 18. And, yeah. and she just looks young, like one of those catch a predator yeah, decoys. Right. And then when I looked it up afterwards, I was like, no fucking way. Is she yeah. 23? That's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But she got and a she, totally different look in yeah, both she, those scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I do, you know what? I, I wrote a side note too. It's like, this came out a totally different time before the game even came out. But, uh, G baby, you've been watching the show. I, I, she would have made a really good Ellie if, uh, in like, um, yeah, I could buy that. Just like the way her character was. Like, obviously, time wise, it wouldn't have lined up. But, yeah, the um, kind of attitude, low key yeah, sass on her, sort kinda. of plucky teenager. Like, dude, that's know, crazy. Stabby. I can't. I can't believe she's older than me. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. she's born in seventy nine. Yeah, so I looked it up being, like nineteen fucking seventy nine. <laughs> dude, she's forty. She's older than me. Four forty five. Even yeah. now, like. She Which is just about my age. Like, dude, she looks like a baby for 45. That's insane. She, um, I like the altercation Roy has with her, too, like when he first has to scold her when she comes home late. Yeah. And his, like, <laughs> choice of wording is, like, really funny. He yells at her, and he's like, and you're a, you're a nosy Parker. And, <laughs> and um, 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 he doesn't know what to say. He's never done this before. He's like, yeah. but he's worried. <laughs> Like the yeah. father inside of him is like coming out. Like he cares about somebody other than himself, you know. And he's like, <laughs> and it's a different relationship than he has with Frank. It's it's not professional. It's it's emotional, you know. Yeah, and it, it's yeah, believable I mean, I, the whole time. It I, it never once to me came across as like, okay, this is overly saccharine sweet or or whatever. It just seemed I don't know. I bought it the entire time. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. And imagine having like being told you have a daughter and you're. She's dropped in your lap when she's fourteen, so you didn't go through like the smaller stages of like changing their diaper and you know like yeah. she's a, a young adult and you know she's like saying things that he doesn't know whether he should scold her for or yeah. just encourage or whatever. Like I don't know, and he doesn't know what to share with her because his lifestyle is very questionable. Yeah, he's when she's drinking the beer, man. he's like, uh, a beer. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. From a guy who fucking eats one can of tuna a night. And then I like all the steps that he took. Like he put on like a double set of like rubber, like yellow kitchen gloves. Yeah, to get rid of the the can. And and then a fucking Ziploc bag, putting that in and then putting it under the sink into the trash. Like Jesus Christ. It's Um, crazy. I do like their, I like when he takes smoking Terrytons. Like buying eight packs at a time. Dude, I don't know if you guys ever smoke those. Those, that's like. It ta- it has a filter. It tastes like a Lucky Strike non filter. It's like hmm. one of the harshest cigarettes like ever. You only I've never see even like heard sixty five year old men smoking those. Anyway, 
I thought that was just like a really hardcore uh, brand of cigarette choice for this guy. I liked when they run the con and he teaches her like she begs to be taught yeah, some, how to con cool. a little bit. And he takes her out and shows her like the, some basic stuff like the lottery ticket. And we get we get the woman. I forgot the actress's name, but she's from she was in Donnie Darko. Yeah. Motion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she was great. And just that scene. I don't know. That scene was just really cool to see Angela involved in that and him sort of playing that bit character with the newspaper. And then he walks away. Yeah, four out of five is a winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish I, w- I like. I've always been fascinated by the, just these, like these things. Like, where do you learn? Like, how does someone's life turn into being a con man? You know what I mean? I've always wondered. Just like, like, how do you become an assassin? Like, is there's no fucking right. school? There's no Google posts for like, hey, you want to be an assassin? Join now. So right. it's like, what makes a person into this? Like, Steve, I was very curious. Like, and I'm not comparing it exactly, but so you do the. You do the card counting, right? Which is perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. But casinos don't like it, right? So they, yep. they want to kick you out. But I, I just I could imagine like you're in this environment where like you might be rubbing elbows with some of these type of people that are living this kind of lifestyle. Where they're and and there's you know, like you're in those environments where like I wonder like have you ever met anybody that you thought was a grifter or um I've seen people who I think are laundering money. That's about as yeah, far as I would go. Yeah. Um but I, I did definitely notice a, a correlation between con artists and card counters because there, there's like a certain level of social engineering, which is a phrase that I hate, but <laughs> it's sort of applicable in the sense where you're, tr- you're trying to convince somebody else to think about you in a certain way. So mm-hmm. a, a con man would do that. You know, you want, you want them to think about you and whatever. You're just a a fed investigating fraud or, or whatever, or as, as a card counter, you want to convince other people that you're just a, just another degenerate gambler to, to blend in. So, uh, I, yeah, I also definitely noticed, uh, a, a, a correlation or similarity between the, the two things that I, I guess I would say. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's, I think that's kind of what made those episodes that you put out too very interesting too, is like those little, those kind of lifestyles that people are just very curious of or don't have the courage to ever like try and live themselves and to hear of somebody else speak of it or see a movie that touches on it. It sort of piques your interest. I feel like when you're like, Oh, and this is a film that like, there's plenty of con man heist films. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this film is that it, it, it gives you that emotional, uh, that value also like, yeah, how many films really personal. delve into that? You know, it's, it makes it very personable. Yeah. Like you feel for Frank, I mean, for, um, Roy. Uh, what's his name? Roy, yeah. And because most heist movies, you don't get like the background or like, or I mean, you do in some, but like not to the degree the or the style of this. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, yeah, that's the focal point. Whereas and this, this film is about the heist, but it's happening right under your nose. You don't realize it while you're right. watching. I felt like, yeah, the heist stuff was always kind of swirling around the periphery, but like the eye of the storm in this film was the relationships and particularly like once the introduction of Angela, like that's, that's what this movie is about and what makes it go in the, it's ultimate direction and gives it meaning. I mean, I guess I didn't really hate this movie. Maybe it was just the mood I was in today when I was watching it. Like, I don't know. I was like, what is, what is this movie doing? Like, I said that a couple times, like out loud while I was watching. I was like, what is this? 
That's um, a valid criticism. Um, it's just it's kind it's a of an odd of movie. This movie. It is yeah, an odd film. It is, and I I feel like it's a mood thing too. Like if because I could totally see being in a different kind of mood, this hitting me differently, and maybe me enjoying it. And when I say I didn't like this film, like I feel like it's probably I think the way maybe you felt about Possession, Steve. It's like it was just under yeah. the cusp or the the threshold in which I'd say, yeah, I like that. Like mm-hmm. it was just under that. I it wasn't like I didn't hate this movie, and I think there's cool things about it um, that I can isolate. But yeah, this definitely wasn't like one that's like, oh yeah, it was garbage. It's like I, I didn't. It's not really my cup of tea. But like, there's things in it that I enjoyed. I think it's just a, I don't know. It's like a warm film. It just um, I didn't anticipate how much warmth I thought it was going to have. Like when I watched it, and to see. I don't know. Uh, just to see Nicolas Cage sort of have, you know, to, to, to rein it in a little bit, but then he can, you know, do a couple scenes in this film too, where you do get that zany Nicolas Cage. I thought that's nice to see. Right. His, he, he does have range as an actor. Like people yeah. just sort of shit on him, but yeah. that's like people used to shit on Keanu Reeves all the time. Like, Oh, he sucks. He's not the best, like emotive actor, but when it comes to physicality, I mean, if you look at the John Wick films, like he's so fucking good in them because of that. Yeah. Because that's his bread and butter. That's what he's good at. So I think yeah, for I feel this, like I feel like he's coming to like a renaissance of oh, actually, mainly with the John Wick, but like he's back being into like a a commodity or identified as like a professional. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, I think but people I think also just like him. Like I think he, I think that's he has too. a reputation of being a good dude, which nowadays yeah, I think he's a takes uniquely you a little like fucking yeah. Like you've yeah, seen the stuff he where he gets dude. up, where he he gets up and gives the woman his seat on the subway. You know, there's he that. He takes it, public transportation as a yeah. superstar. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that kind of disconnects himself from the Hollywood bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I dig. Um, he's got a couple really good quotes too, like on like like interviews of stuff where like you know like you would expect a stock from Denzel, a stock dialogue answer, <laughs> you know, just like a easy cheese dick. Yeah. Some blowhard and, bullshit. Yeah. And uh, he'll, like when and, he was talking about being a lover and a fighter. Did you see that one? With no, Keanu. I didn't. I didn't. He's on like a, he's on a talk show and they're like, are you a lover or a fighter? He's like, you, you gotta be both. Like you can't love something without fighting for it. Right. Like you, so you have to be a fighter in order to love. Cause you have to fight for that love. You know what I mean? Like, so hmm. they kind of go hand in hand. People kind of, Tend to uh, Dude. You know, separate them. Nice. Did I just blow your mind, G baby? Yeah. <laughs> I can't take credit. It's Keanu. No, he. I mean, he's got he's got some stuff. Like, I think he's got that uh, kind of a stigma of like the surfer, like whoa, and like the you know all that the <laughs> Bill and Ted's and yeah, by <laughs> uh, Dude, is it you that still has never seen Point Break? You asshole, Steve. I've seen it. I think maybe once You're just, in my life. Please don't bad mouth. Yeah, I love that mil- that movie. I, it's so good. I have no recollection of it at all. Yeah, yeah that's like okay. a sleeper hit to me. Like, oh yeah, it's one of those films that just like I get like why some people maybe maybe don't put it up there in their like their lexicon of film knowledge. But I just think it's over time. It's just grown on me. Like it's yeah, a good I, action flick. It's it's awesome. It's fucking rad as shit, dude. Him and the sways, like that was like they were. I wouldn't say that's the peak, but they're getting there, man. Like there's some there's some awesome 
parts of that movie. There's some good dialogue. And that, yeah, because so Swayze is like a super likable villain. You know, he's not really yeah. even like the villain, you know, per yeah. se. Like, I mean, like he, the system's the villain. Like, yeah, he's a bank robber. Yeah, if but, you had to pick and pin, like, yes, he's the villain. But yeah, it is like. like there's a mutual respect between them. Yeah, totally. That you get. And then like, yeah, he robs banks, but he robs banks just so he can fund his like his lifestyle of like just going surfing, bro, like hitting up waves yeah. and. Dude, I love the line where he's talking about. He's like, "What's what's it all about?" You know, like the life. Like they're just like living like summer to summer, wave to wave. You know, and Swayze says, "What's he say?" He's like, "He's like it's the place. It's like where you lose yourself and you find yourself." And he's like, "And you're right there. I can see it. Like, just like kind of kind of cheese dick like surfer. It's really stony, but dude, just get hitted." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does speak to Keanu in that moment, though, um, to Johnny Utah, because he is in that moment in his life. Yeah, where he's like, "Do I want to be the fucking blue plate special, like fucking hero cop, or do yeah. I want to, you know, live my life live on my, my life. terms?" By con Dios, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, that that kind of brings us back to Roy, where he's a bad dude, he's a likable guy, but then he kind of goes straight at the end gets fucked over yeah. which yeah it, when you're watching it you're like okay i mean he's a bad dude he kind of deserves to get fucked over because that's what he's done to other people but yeah you're still happy like the, for the, him the old couple at the beginning like think like he's wronged a lot of people and yeah. Yeah, but, and, and he's, he's also it, very right? lonely what's he gonna do with all that fucking money anyway yeah. it's like he thinks it's what did he really lose what did he really lose you can say yeah. by losing he gained something but yeah. i mean you can go back and forth so many times where you know, he's a bad dude, but you like him. You, you're you okay with watching him lose. But then when he's happy, you're happy for him again. Like, it's an interesting character, to say the least. Where It is. Because you're like, you see what he lost, too. And you're like, man, you fucking lost, like, so much. Like, not just the money, but, like, to be, to have this emotional investment in Angela and then to find out she's not your yeah. fucking kid. Yeah. And you had already... You had already made your mind and in, in, in your mind that like, all right, this I'm a dad now and this is what I'm going to be about. And it's just like, who this is the man I want to be now, uh, you know, and then to and then also to have your partner of how many years to double cross you um, and to to be able to to understand that, like, I respect their hustle and they got me like I like he says in the end, he said, you didn't take my money. I gave it to you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he did. He he gave her the extra sign in at the bank. He, like all the signs were there. He just didn't see them because he was wrapped up in the emotion, the emotionality right. of, of everything. Um, I I think it's I think it works great for this film. To be honest, like I think that's what makes the film so good. It's like yeah, you're right. Like he loses. He's not the good guy, but at the same time, we're rooting for him and we're yeah. happy at the end that he found some semblance of happiness. He's like restarting his life he's finally gonna learn like live his own life and it's not right. gonna be you know he's not a con man anymore and yeah and that's probably why a lot of million his, dollars. it's probably why a lot of his ticks and ocd stuff went away it was probably associated with like the stress of living such a shitty self-loathing life yeah. of just stealing money from people guilt, stealing money looking over your shoulder constantly yeah right. although for a guy who's like super paranoid just keeping your money in a weird bank with a like a bulldog is kind of odd. <laughs> or a fucking yeah, dope ass fucking porcelain bulldog. 
I thought that yeah. thing was rad. I was like, dude. I so I like that. Like that's what that's what kind of makes you think that Angela's not like conning him at either, because like she finds the money in early on. She doesn't yeah. take it. She plays you know, very innocent and kind of like, oh, gee whiz, pretty good. I felt. Yeah, she yeah. really does. I think it. I didn't I see her. Her. I didn't see her turning heel or, or her twist at all. I didn't either because if if her goal is to ingratiate herself to him. When she first gets into his house, she just like goes around and starts fucking everything up. You, you know, you would think that if he's like a real OCD maniac, he would come home and yeah, be like, his, "You his fucked up my underwear drawer, everything." Yeah. You know, he you touch it. Going with it, yeah, yeah. Like even going back from that first scene where it zooms in on like the two loose fibers on his carpet. Yeah, he can't just go pick them up. He's got to. <laughs> okay, I'm cleaning my entire fucking house. Yeah, like <laughs> smoking cigs, like. To go and like the progression from that, and then it's like, dude, a pigsty, and she's like laid up on the couch, and there's like ice cream on the fucking, yeah. I like that growth, like that you see out of him a lot. But speaking about uh, Keanu too, I I I found this quote. I I saw him on a, uh, I think it was Stephen Colbert one time. This shit's pretty good. What do you think happens when we die, Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I know that the ones who love us will miss us. I've seen that before. That's sweet. It's cheesy, but he's not wrong. It is. It's super, it's super cheesy, but it's like, you know, like people think he's just some like meathead. It's like, dude, if someone put me on the spot to like, I wouldn't say something as dope or as eloquent as that. Like, fuck man. They ever make a biopic on Keanu Reeves' life? It's going to be very interesting. He's been through some shit. He has every reason to be a bitter fucking prick who, oh, yeah. who has entitlement because of his money and his status. But he he he's fucking he donates super zen. a fuck ton. Super like zen. People don't realize. Dude, he, you know that he put a guy through college on the Matrix. I think like he was there was a guy who was working on set in the Matrix who was like not able to finish college, uh, and he was talking about it on set. And then like Keanu secretly just like. 20 grand him like the rest of the money or whatever it costs to like do it. He also Dude, took heard- a pay cut so that other people on set could make more money. Yeah. I heard some wild shit on matrix specifically. That he donated a lot of that money too. Yeah. I think I want to say this might be complete horseshit. I want, I, I feel like I remember like he did something huge for all the stunt performers. Cause there was a shit ton of stunt people involved in the matrix. And I feel like he, he either took, cut of his pay and wanted yeah. to be converted to the stunt team. I think that's or, what happened. Or he gave them like 750k or some shit like that, but but that's not like a one off. Like it, he's done a bunch of things like that throughout his life and I didn't realize he has got a weird past like with like like he had a wife and she like died in a car wreck or something. And, and his baby. Like yeah, like and his brother, he lost his brother. Yeah, and it happened I think like in really close proximity. So yeah, it kind of like could, put him on that, like Zen kind of like damn. path. And he's never that been like, sent you into a fucking spiral. You could have hated the world after that, but he didn't. Yeah. And I'm amazed by that. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's kind of like Richard or yeah. our boy from the, the course. Like, right, like some of those kind of people in life that have a certain like charisma or thing about them. And they're able to like, you know, transcend or, 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 move beyond that with a certain kind of grace or, you know, way about them. It's, yeah, it's fucking, it's cool to see. It's inspiring. For I sure. think you're right about that with uh, your buddy. Um, 
I could definitely pick that up from listening to those episodes. And I think that's why those episodes resonate so well with everybody that's listened to them too, because like this dude's just kind of spilling his, you know, his guts. Um, he does he's not really afraid to talk about half that stuff. And that's like, it's really tough stuff to even talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When I, I mean, I, I always thought like that he, his life story would be interesting, but I, I never would have been like with our platform been like, Hey, like let's, let's talk about this or like, you know, uh, I didn't anticipate it being, it was like four episodes too, right? Uh, we've done three so far, Okay, but he was actually like, we were doing the podcast and stuff and and we kind of like bullshitted on the side. Like, yeah, we should come on and just talk about like, you know, your greatest hits, like not even mentioning like, you know, the, the parts of his life that have kind of molded him like the crazy fucked up shit. And he's like, I want to talk about this, you know? And I was like, Hey man, I was like, if you're cool with that. And even I was really nervous going into it because like, talking about heavy shit like that, it's, 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 uh, intense. Yeah. And I love that. There are moments where he react. was like, you're going to cut this out. Right. And just like, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm sitting here on the other end, listening to it. So I'm like, he obviously Dude, didn't. Cut I, it out I, I edit pretty, I edit <laughs> I edit pretty meticulously and I was like, no, we're, we're leaving it. We're leaving it in. <laughs> I was like, can I take a piss and smoke a cig at the same time? <laughs> there was a moment where he literally just like, I think got up and didn't even tell you guys. So you're just like, Oh, Oh, he, he, oh yeah. We didn't know he was smoking. gone. And then you like, you hear a slider and like a flick of a, a bick and he's like smoking. And then he, he says something, he like throws his voice. He's like, that was back in like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so we just back, back to the uh to the film i do i i like i really respect that roy like at the very end like he, he gives he's given the chance to give up frank he still doesn't give up frank yeah when he's questioned by like he's loyal to the end even yeah. though frank wasn't necessarily to him frank did leave him some money but it wasn't enough it wasn't anything really like it was a pittance compared like, to like a rack thousand dollars maybe, maybe, or 10, oh, maybe. I thought it was less than that I thought it was like a yeah. hundred or two it looked like a stack of hundreds so I couldn't yeah I th- I bet he left him a rack and you say like it had the band that said like love Frank or some shit like he's slime fucker and I like the scene when he walks out of the hospital what he thinks is the hospital and you see it's like this rundown like area like uh, fucking what do you call those things I was like mobile like shipping container, the, like yeah, it was like something like, a like modular that. Modular shit, like construction <laughs> sites. Yeah, it gave me like a a weird mini like uh, Rick Grimes coming out of the hospital, Walking Dead vibe for like a yeah, half yeah, a second. you're right. <laughs> and I was super pissed for him when I first saw this too. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I was actually it. relieved at that point because I was like, I kind of bought like you know, oh shit, he's he's about to get fucked over for that dude getting blasted in his living room, you know, like yeah. He's he's gonna be in jail. I thought that's where this was gonna end up. Like, just and I still believed all that too. Like, I believe that the heist went, you know, like there was a, a hitch in the heist, and like him and having to involve his daughter last minute was what kind of like caused it too. Like, um, yeah, that's I think that's one of the knocks I have against us. it is like having that coordinated into your end game plan. Like, seemed pretty like on the fly. I mean, maybe that's how it happened, but so. At the end of the day, was that guy in on it also? That guy was in on it as well. I don't know. What do you? That think, wasn't Steve? a real scam. That was just. It was yeah. all just a scam to get Roy's money. He had to be he in on it. He was in on it too, just like the yeah. doctor. I, I, yeah, they I've, were all 
characters in on yeah, it. Yeah, I've I've thought about it quite a bit um, since this morning when I watched it, and the conclusion I've come to is that guy had to be in on it from the beginning. Too much other shit would have had to go right. Yeah, like him knocking out Roy viable. and stuff like that's too many like variables for yeah. Frank to have to think about. Yeah, obviously I think, if he's controlling them. I think Angela even slipped blanks into the gun if we're going to talk about that because when she comes back yeah, and shoots point. him he goes down frank's like yeah, oh he, he's not gonna make it you know they go out to the car yeah if frank if frank dies there on the floor there's no real incentive for him to confess in the hospital and no yeah. no one's gonna put him in the hospital obviously if he comes back in and, and chuck is dead yeah. So, right. and also when he comes back in and Chuck is gone, there's no blood anywhere on the ground. No. Yeah, you're right. So and he knocks him out, and drags him outside. Yeah, I mean he must have been in on it from the beginning. That's my thought. That's a good point. But I'd be open I think to I was going yeah, to the argument. Not very critical. I I don't think I was. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think my opinion then has improved a little bit. I think actually after talking about it a little bit. One term to you, do you guys know what this means that I enjoyed? It was very close after where they discussed the spearmint rhino. Uh was he's like, Yeah, well he's like, I'm ready to go, long con, let's do it, you know? And Frank's like, All right, man. And then he's like, We'll pull the Jamaican switch on him. That's just the briefcase. That? That's just the brief I know that's the briefcase, briefcase swap, switch. but is, is that just like switch. a generic term for like you know, a smoke and mirrors. I wonder if that's like a reference a to dummy, like, an old like a dummy movie. package ringer, and yeah. you're just gonna do a switcheroo. The ringer, dude. <laughs> My it's fucking the ringer. whites. My whites. <laughs> fucking amateurs, dude. Fucking Walter, man. <laughs> Fucked it up, man. Fucked it up. I love when they're on the phone and he's Chase, like, "What the fuck were you thinking about here?" And he's like, I'm not going to talk if that guy's still there. He's like, okay. And then he calls back and he's like, amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) Put the gun away, Walter. (laughs) We, I mean the royal we. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I don't know. Like, I do love, I I do love the ending and just like, we, we already touched on it, but I just do love the. The interaction with Roy and Angela later, or whatever her real name is, um, and I just kind of just love that he generally store. cared for her enough that like he respects her enough to not like chew her out there. And yeah, I like that um, progression too, spot, where, you know, where he realized that and like had he had an actual like f- a good send off, you know, and it was it was like heartfelt. I felt, yeah. and I, I like I that she's like that. I, they have that last exchange where he's like. Uh, do you uh no, she's like, Do you not want to know my name? And he says, yeah. like, I know your name. And she says, Okay, Dad. Like Yeah, it's sweet. Like it's yeah, I kinda dig it. It's cheesy, but it's like, yeah, it's it's very but, Yeah, I, she I left that like memory dear. intact, like that she like for that period of time, like to keep up the illusion or whatever. It's like so he can look back fondly, like, yeah, that was Angela, my daughter, in my head, you know, and like because this is what it 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 brought to me. You know, like this is what it, it did for me. I like how, the, yeah, that they kept that intact. It's a good point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't I think it was extra like corny or cheesy. I thought, yeah, I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, they could have played it way. Well, more I could see people thinking it. It's maybe cheesy. I loved it. Like it totally worked for me. Yeah, it or just true. that moment when he's talking to the boyfriend and she comes around the corner. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have had those moments where 
you're you're either her oh, or him fuck. where you're like oh fuck fuck there is no way i'm getting out of this are you or are you not the black angel of death yeah <laughs> and it, even that scene was you super like hit bo- eyes and then you try to avert and be like fuck yeah. did they see me well, that's what she does she doesn't even look at him for like the entire <laughs> first scene when they first see each other she's like yeah. looking down yeah <laughs> He's like, you can get it really good for a good price. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cash, it's 20% off. Piss I love that blood. he's like a carpet salesman, too. It's like such a mundane like job. But it's like, whatever, It, just, it man. brought he's me right back to him this, zooming like, in on his fucking carpet, man. Like, it's not about, yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Like, he is. I didn't either. He knows fucking carpet, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he does know He's a fucking really carpet well. freak, man. So he'll know, like, oh, this is a good carpet. This is, like, really tight-woven carpet. It'll be good for stains and like, dog hair and stuff like this that. This is that good shit with that scotch guard. If you could yeah. go, if you, if you want to go an extra layer deep, because he's, he's carpet OCD, but the department he's in is remnants, which I think mm. is, like, cutoffs and oh. piece of shit, like, yeah. leftovers. Cuts. So that, that could be a, a, an indication of, his OCD has gone away even more because now he can deal with like shitty cut ends of whatever. But and he can still use that being. Go ahead, play it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the bump. <laughs> Symbology. You must mean symbolism. <laughs> no, yeah, but like taking the rough cuts, the pack of strays, the bad news bears, and making it something new. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? it? It wasn't. It wasn't the the treasure. It was the friends that we made along the way. Yeah, it's the friends all along. Hashtag uh, Miles. Yep. Front of the show. Shout out! Shout out, <laughs> Miles. Miles B. Treasure. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> I I did like the scam that they were running with too. Uh, Chuck, I forgot the actor who plays Chuck, but he's really good. Um, Bruce McGill. Yeah, he's been in so many things. He was in. Uh, I think most people recognize him from um, Animal House. I can't remember the character's yeah. name he played. Yeah, he that big that's right. he's super like, young there. That mustache, yeah, he's super young. He was also in Black Sheep. I get the sense of him like he reminds me of one of my friend's dads. Like where like he's that dad who's like you're in the basement having the sleepover, and he's like, if I gotta come down there one more fucking time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 3 a.m. I can hear you guys upstairs. Turn off the fucking lights and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you're having that sleepover where you're like, everybody's giggling and shit. Yeah. He's really he's good at that. that. Like, the way he's his tone that. changes. You know, when he gets mad later. Well, one yeah. touch I do like about this film, too. I just think it's, um, I like that it ends on Sinatra. And I just think it has a lot of good needle drops, too, in general. It has a really good uh, soundtrack and score. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's there's a cool sense to it. Uh, I don't know if I get a little bit of like a California vibe t- too from it, but I don't know if that's just um I have never been in California, so I don't like know a LA is. light. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like the like outskirts. Some of the music. Like there's like a Beastie Petaluma Boys drop later. Pas- Pasadena maybe Altadena. I mean, personally I hate Frank Sinatra, but I did like the soundtrack of the movie. I I feel like it it Come it fly went along. with me. I hate him. I hate him so much. Dude, my wife hates fucking Sinatra too. That's so Yeah, she's funny. she is correct. He, <laughs> oh, it, oh, blue eyes. He's not skilled. Anyway, that I could have be a- 
I found skills. out a lot of shit. He was a piece of shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. He was. no shit. Um, but I did like the. Uh, I'm a big Herp Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Oh fan. yeah, dude, that in- immediately triggered me. The fucking Tijuana Brass. Fuck yeah, big fan dude. of the Tijuana dude, Brass. We used to. Me and Steve used to work together in a warehouse, and one of our uh, fellow coworkers brought in a fucking. I don't know if it was a CD or if he had a, like a, just a dope ass Herp Alpert playlist. I don't remember I either. Remember what, I, but I feel like I've I, got that I shit remember on seeing vinyl. Like liner notes. It sounds oh, so good on vinyl. Yep. Clean as shit, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Tijuana Taxi is a fucking banger. Um, ah, man. Yeah, I remember when that came on, and it was like the, it was like this this weird juxtaposition in between the shit we would play, like fucking <laughs> heavy, like like metal screamo. To like hardcore rap hip hop, and then we'd insert a little Harp Albert in the Tijuana Brass. Yeah. For Jim, hour. what's that one song you brought out where you were making, you were fucking with Steve that you used to play? Um, what was it Barry White or something? No, oh, um, no, 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 it was that, uh, oh, Isaac God. Hayes. It was hyper. Hayes. The song is like hypersyllabic. That's not Isaac Hayes. Hayes. There was a Hayes moment when the last time I came show, Chef, the Chef, it's yeah. Isaac Hayes. Oh, isn't it? Um, I think it's Isaac Hayes. My the modus operandi. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was Madula a moment I think when I listened back. Yeah, is that is that it or was it modus the um, <laughs> what's, that, what's that shitty rap group that it sounds like oh, Andre the Giant? Wig splitters. Wig splitters. Yeah, your weird juggalo shit that you listen to. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the one with the Madonna sample of uh, what's that song called? I can't remember the name of the Madonna song, but they sample a fucking they heavily sample a Madonna song uh, that I used to play much to Steve's chagrin. Like I would, I would I'd set it, it on a playlist. I would set it on a playlist and be like, okay, this is the third song. I'd stop where I was in the warehouse <laughs> and I would fucking look and I'd zero in on him just to see his reaction from afar because it was literally within three seconds of the beginning of that song playing without fail. It would be like, look up to the sky and drop your hands to your thighs. Like oh fuck. <laughs> Something like that. Shit. Fucking asshole. Something like name that, that like, tune. I could figure it out within yeah. two beats. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. Here we Zero go. Zero seconds. Well, post the field. Well, post the field. Yeah, there was actually one moment. I don't know if we've mentioned this before where Jim had, he had like an iPod mini. Which had like a hundred of the most annoying fucking songs on it that he would just play over and over, maybe in a different order, maybe not. I still have it right here. Damn, bro. I think this should be in a museum. And at one point, I offered to buy it from him. Like, can I just have that to destroy it? And do you remember the dollar amount? I thought about it. I think it was 30 or $35. It was $30. And I was like, I was like wow. fuck yeah, I could buy. I was like, I could buy a half sack with that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, was but that like, one gave me the no. same pleasure that. I think we got paid like two days. We got paid like two days later. I was like, nah, I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do in the warehouse? You worked like in the like on ful- the floor or fulfillment, unloading trucks. Yeah, kind of anything you could think of. When I was young. Ripping open cardboard boxes, shipping them, shipping box- re- like reboxing uh, shit. Shipping, Consumers receiving. Kitchens and yeah, yeah it, was, it was a receiver. 
It was good times. We would unload. The trucks would come in. We'd unload. Like we'd go. We, since I'm a smaller guy and I, I like could climb pretty well, I would like always go into the back of the truck and I could climb over shit and mm-hmm. kind of start pushing it forward for everybody and getting it yep. loose. Those and people then, are uh, key for sure. And then everything checks in. You know, you roll it down and then we would put everything in its bay. And then we would after that was done. You know, the morning that was the morning part would be like clearing the trucks and then. After that, then we would put, it was consumers' kitchens and baths, so we would put together the orders. So we'd get those large plastic pallets, put them down, and start putting the order together and, sh- and shrink-wrapping it so it was all in one pallet and ready to go for shipping. Yep. Um, and then there was, like, miscellaneous shit. And I remember when there were moments of, like, lull during that job where we're like, we just had to look busy, so we would hide. Sometimes. And there'd be like a group of us hiding and there would be a there were these like little makeshift areas that like receivers and, and shipping guys and pickers would make in between pallets and like because you're in a warehouse with all these huge racks and there's like moments where like if you move things around a certain way you'd create a pocket of space where like four guys could get yeah. and fuck around and yeah, play cards used, or like we used to find oh, people yeah. asleep in those holes and those guys yeah. got fired yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we would do the that old... out of necessity in receiving because it would be a slower day. And there were certain jobs that they would give you to do that sucked if you got caught not doing anything. So we'd be like, well, I'm just going to be in the back. I'm going to go help Scott, the forklift driver, like pick yeah. some things or whatever. <laughs> and you'd What's find the, it. Uh... We, we would put a pallet to the a pallet down, one of those plastic ones with the, like the, the little boot, like the feeding. And it was like a pocket. And we would take like the shipping tape and we would play a game where we had to like you had to get it into one of the pockets. It was almost like uh, like skee-ball or like tic-tac-toe. We would play like sort of like you have to roll the tape Damn. and get it in there. It was like super dumb. What's the uh, <laughs> standard pallet size you guys were working with? Oh, man. This is like one of my first jobs, bro. I don't even remember. So we had the plastic ones, like the big plastic ones with those weird like, you know, like the feet sort of. Yeah. And yeah. Then we the had, like you shitty know, standard, disposable ones yeah. almost. Then we had your standard, like, just wooden pallets um, that most of the shipping stuff would come in on. Um, 48 by honest, 40 I'm, is what it sounds like. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, like a full <laughs> square pallet, not like a halfy. Yeah, full square. Or like a Euro, like a long, extra long, weird one. Yeah. I, did, I didn't have my forklift license at the time, but I had, like, one of those low-lift uh, pallet jacks. Like a power pallet jack? On. Yeah. And those things were dangerous because they could scoot around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I remember it took one of our lankier gentlemen that we had on with us took him when we first got him, kind of took him for a fucking ride. Yeah, because you have, <laughs> and then you know the safety videos would be like you got to beep the beep the horn every time you come around the corner. Clayton, and there was one time where I almost forgot to beep the horn, and I came around the corner. And there was a forklift with its forks up, which it, you shouldn't do either. Nope. And like I almost ran my face into a fucking forklift. Like, yeah, that's yeah. That's so, not no bueno. Like all that, those safety protocols are there for a reason. Yeah, totally. I always felt like a jerk just beeping the horn all the time because, like, anytime you go past an aisle, you gotta like beep 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 yeah. beep, beep 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 beep. So that you're excessively so doing it. That got so ingrained in my brain. I remember that like um, the smoke alarm in my apartment chirped all the time, and it sounded and like just, it. I think someone complained about that. I used to talk to someone and they'd be like, That's or me. someone would come over. Was That's that you? Be like, change ah! your fucking batteries and your smoke alarm. I'm like, we were on I'm like a, what are you? We I was like, on, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
well, this came up because you and I were on like a Zoom meeting together at work. Okay. And there was, you know, like the Brady Bunch <laughs> set up where it's a grid with all these yeah. people. And I could just hear the chirp and it was driving me fucking nuts. And so I, I, I texted Jim and I was like, is that, is that fucking you? And, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I have headphones in, but it might be me. And let me check. And, and then he's like, yeah, but there were like 20 people in this meeting and nobody said anything, but every like what thirty two and a half seconds it would chirp. Yeah, and so I stopped listening to everything, and I was just watching the clock. Like, yeah, there it is. Yep, fuck. Yeah, yo, I'm with you, Ben, Steve. Uh, I used to listen to a podcast that a, a buddy of mine was on, um, and I was like, you know that I would I would hear this noise every once in a while in the background. Oh my god, it's a weird chirp, and I would just I knew I was like someone's smoke alarm needs to have the battery changed. What the fuck is going on? Every episode, I heard it, and I'm like, "How do you live I'm with like, that?" My buddy, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, do you not realize like how me. annoying that is? I don't want to be like a fucking dick, but like, you know, you, when you make a podcast, that's what the number one thing people criticize, right? Is like audio. Well, yeah, if it, if it were a podcast, like that. that would come through on like the editing and stuff. That's but. all I heard every time I'm trying yeah. to listen to this conversation. I hear cheep 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 cheep, and dude, I'm like, I, I edit out even like the, the, the noise that I, Steve's ice and his fucking mug just made i edit that stuff out so yeah i've I been trying to mute my mic <laughs> <laughs> it's all i good. always hear that noise and it didn't bother me but i've always i've asked jim like what is i need to see this cup that you're using and then he was like it's actually not me it's steve i was like no way wrong I didn't think it was most steve. of the time it's jim now i'm i'm sometimes shit. some sometimes it is me yeah oh, you see? have a similar thing okay it. it's yeah. just all a metal flask kind of thing. I'm like when you said it was Steve I'm like oh Steve's like an ice guy he likes that he likes to have a lot of ice in his drink you're a moon guy that. yeah um but yeah uh the uh <laughs> I had one more one more warehouse uh note but I forgot what it was it's not important I remember it way way back in the day there was certain top racks that someone would leave a pipe with marijuana in and yeah. other other rack spaces that were used as like a uh, a cot, like someone could sleep in. Hiding like on those racks, racks is risky because you need a cherry picker to help you get down. If like management's looking for you, so, most of our guys and I've I'm a I'm a big guy too, and I've gotten pretty high. But we used to fucking climb them like monkeys, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. without lifts, like idiots. I mean, it was a long to. time. I think till we got our first bucket. And even when we had one or like a, like a little, uh, like a deck that you could get elevated on, like a human, we would still kind of, the lines were, I mean, gray. yeah, we would, we, I would what it was. we would have to climb the rack and, or also we would stand on the forks of the big lift <laughs> and yeah. it, it would bring you all the way up and then you'd have to jump yep. off and then jump back yeah. on. <laughs> a lot of times when we were checking pallets, like looking for, uh, different stuff or like pieces that were like mixed. Or you know, bundled up, and they were older, and they had to mm-hmm. go out finally. Because sometimes you get these orders that come in, and then they sit, and they yeah. don't go out for a while until the kitchen's ready to be done. They don't sell like they're supposed to, yeah. And they, yeah, well, yeah. And they, get, extra they get put in a funky fucking spot. Yeah. And so yeah, we would do that. We'd put a pallet on the forklift, and I would stand on the pallet, and then the pallet, the forklift would raise me like twenty feet in the air. Yeah. It was kind of scary, and then I'd have to like double check with the scanner gun on like the barcode yep. of the. And they'd be like, oh, just, you know, it was just, it, it was an interesting job at the time. It was fun. We used to, ha- we had an overflow 
for a while of like extra containers like outside. Like we didn't have enough room on the inside. And sometimes you get one of these orders that call for like an old skew and you'd have to go into this container outside in the summertime and somewhat you'd have to pull out like 10 pallets with a picker, the metal clamp that you would attach to the wood pallets, pull it out and then go in just for like two boxes or like a half a pallet and then load the fucker back up, you know, like that kind of, that kind of stuff was the worst. You ever step into a pallet by accident? You step between the, the, the slaps of it, and you twist your fucking ankle on those fucking things. Oh, I yeah. never did, but we've had quite a, quite oh, yeah. a bit of people have issues with like getting something through the shin, like a big ass splinter, or like, or yeah, yeah. just cracking pallets. We used to like- also, we used to take the pallet jacks and we'd race them. So like, <laughs> you <laughs> could turn them a certain way. If you start turning it, and yeah, if you, you ride it, you, you flip it around, move, you, and you ride it like you're on a around, you could like fucking ride that sucker. Yeah, yeah it's like a big ass ride like a scooter. Yeah, it's yeah. like a big ass double so double stupid. wide razor. Yeah, and you just go on like yeah. It was before razors were even a thing. Oh yeah, and you would like go like this with the fucking uh, the wheel or whatever you want to call it. The little yeah, that sure was a lot of fun. Once we got a powered pallet jack, yeah, one of our mutual acquaintances, friends, uh, Clayton was like he was this tall, lanky motherfucker that probably weighed like hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> soaking wet and he was like six three and like the first time like you engage the power on this thing i swear dude i saw him it was he looked like a piece of spaghetti just going left right left right yeah so you you weren't there when we got a demo of a stand-on electric pallet jack the kind that you can ride oh man yeah that's the one that i had a license to, to run so we had it for about 11 seconds before i let Jimmy hop on who he also no longer worked in the warehouse, but he had been out there for so long. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll hop on see how it goes. And he almost drove this thing into a rack, like taking out the corner of it. And it was like a wobble, like, Oh fuck. And then he bailed out (laughs) (laughs) because the throttle, the throttle was so sensitive compared to the electric pallet jack we had. When when Damn. it started to wobble, he just nerfed it all the way back, yeah. and then it's just like went, a dirt bike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he did the dirt bike handle wobble. Oh, fuck. yeah. And then he like and then turned around, lost, and was like, ah, "I'm fucking done." I haven't heard that. I'm, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> and grow you have him to like, that. it's got that that bar that like you shifts left or right to, and so you're doing that, and you're you're th- you know you're fucking th- <laughs> throttling it. And you gotta lean into a little bit too. If you if you when you get good at it, you know how to like ride it around. Man, I can't wait to I ask can him see about the first that. time. <clears throat> there were always awesome. like good ones too, where like in the morning if you got you had to get there early when check in was like you had to sign in, you know, and you sign out the one that you're taking for the day. And like there oh, were damn. certain ones that were like prime. You're like, Oh, I want that one. It was like the Mustang of fucking yeah. Jacks. Like ours is always like a free for all. <laughs> it's like you get what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just It was like that too. It was gank, like first come, first serve. So. Gank someone from <laughs> gank it from someone. Just like who took my fucking pallet jack? That was the yeah, good one. Watching that dude work for the rest of the day on the shitty one was yeah. like funny. <laughs> Fuck. That's awesome. Um Yeah, so like uh did you guys so did you Steve, you really like this film? I did. I liked it a lot. I do have a uh, cunty review. Yes. Oh, sweet. I actually had one for our the the last episode that Jim and I recorded that I forgot to mention. So I'm a little bummed about that. Hear it now. 
Was that for Jennifer Eight? No, it was for Basic Instinct, which has yet to come out. But yeah. Oh, you guys a, cover that? That's a banked episode. We're kind of just keeping it in the background for. Uh, well, because like, you talk, you've talked, you talked about the movie. Yeah. There, there's a certain there's three films that are not a trilogy, but that I always put together in my head, and they are Black Rain, Black Rain, Basic Instinct, and Jade with David Caruso and Linda Fiorentino. Okay, I thought you were gonna but, say, um, what was that other one that be um, like David Shiver? Caruso and Jade? <laughs> I know exactly David what you Caruso. mean. He's he's a horrible actor. I'm sorry. He is. He is, he it's is one terrible. of the things we touched on when we when we covered S- session, nine, session nine, which is a banger of a movie. But like, he's so bad in it. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Anyway, Steve, don't make All right, stuff so on your toes. No, no worries. So I've got a cunty review <clears throat> of Matchstick Men, and I think this is a big moment for the show. I think this is the first repeat cunty reviewer. No. I think so. Oh, we got a repeat offender? I think so. awesome. I'm not sure, but somebody can fact check me. I'm almost positive. This review came from uh, David Edelstein from Slate, which I am almost positive we have read. I think you've said that name before. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to check the archives. (laughs) So his review is short, shitty, and sweet. He says, it's a blah little exploitation picture that thinks it's a deep humanist parable. Fuck you, I don't David. like him using the word parable and exploitation. Go, go die. I mean, every word is infuriating. It's a blah <laughs> little exploitation <laughs> picture that thinks it's a deep humanist parable. What does that mean? Uh, I, I don't. I don't get any. What? No. I don't. I don't really get what he's trying to say. I don't either, and I don't like it. So. Yeah. It just sounds like he's just trying to sound smarter than he really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. If I combine these three things, parable, blah. I, I really don't <laughs> like the fucking <laughs> exploitation of what? usage of the word. Yeah, what, what exactly? That's so yeah, arrogant. I don't, I don't get That's screw off. <laughs> A guy like that should be dragged out to the street and beaten until he pisses blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was not expecting that that like knee jerk piss blood. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. love it. And he's just like beelining around the the fucking Dude. store. Like uh, he goes from line to line, just cutting each line. Yeah, I, I love that. Pills. He's like, sir, these aren't aisle four. He's <laughs> like, oh fuck, this is from menopause. No, 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 no. What was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Um, My doctor gave them to me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I was looking at some of the trivia of this, and it's fucking uh, really not interesting. Thin, so no, not not really interesting at all. Um, so I won't lead into that. How about I do, a couple cage quotes? I I I do have a couple, and um, one is like just really oddball and it's like not pointing at all. I just thought it was funny. Uh, we were talking about Nick Cage and his son who's in a like death metal band. Yeah. This guy. Oh my God. Holy shit. He looks like the fucking thing that comes out of TV in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Look shit. At him. Looks he like Samara. There's a Facebook page. It means you'll be a psychically attacked. <laughs> Look at that proud daddy. Yeah. 
Is that also his They definitely son? look like the father-son combo that gets like has gotten high together before. You know, like <laughs> that crowd moment. Like, my dad smoked the J with me, and then we did a line. That's definitely the combo right there. <laughs> like, he came home, and he was doing crystal meth, and he's like, um, crystal meth, um, um, um. is that okay? <laughs> um. And then Nicholas Cage was like, yeah, but take your shoes off. Mm, yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. So here's one from a Nicolas Cage devotional. I think we, a loose one was like Cage's canon or the canon of Cage. Yeah. Here, here we go. You can't be great unless you know you're great. Go in and be great like you know you're great. And uh, you are precious because what you have to offer them is precious. Whether they get it or not doesn't matter. You're precious. Damn. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the content aside, he looks very handsome. Like he's aged very well. Yeah, I don't know how old he is right That's here because I've, I've seen some more recent ones where I think the age is on him. Like it was like interviews after he did um, the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. Is that the name um, of the film? Massive His, talent or something like that. Yeah, the unbearable weight. Yeah, of, he plays Nicolas Cage. I heard it's really good. Yeah, he plays himself in like a weird quasi biopic, but it's fake yeah. also. Cause he's like involved with like a, with Pedro Pascal who plays like a, like a drug Lord or something. And he wants to be friends with him, but it, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to really badly, but that just came out like a year ago. And some of the press for that, like you, you can see the age on him a little bit more. Like he's aged a bit more than this one that we just well. listened to with him with the beard. But here's another he's one. Like a fine wine, you know, he gets better with age. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, like I'm this not, one, you can see the I'm age not gay, on him. And this, but look how handsome he is, Jesus. This this <laughs> one's really this one's really funny. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Look at this one. He's a little nope, bit more. Not bad. He looks. He looks a That's little. That's not a good right starting here. image. I'll tell you that. No, it's just a weird angle. But yeah, this this one is just like abstract, out of the blue that I just thought was funny, and for people listening he is wearing like a smoking jacket or like you know a sport a nice a nice sport coat but it's like crazy like tartan fucking plaid like red yellow greens like it's he looks scottish as fuck right now um like he's wearing a smoking jacket you wear on christmas eve yeah look at his his neck his face looks really young but his neck looks old as shit yeah here or check him out well, I, I really, I really like shortbread, and whenever I'm in England, I, I go get a tin can of shortbread, and I was feeling kind of happy, kind of like I was biting into some shortbread. So tonight, I wanted to dress like I was a can of shortbread. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> dude, the, he just his goes laugh, with the flow, man. His laugh at the end fucking just kills me. <laughs> I wanted to dress like a a tan a tin of shortbread. It's like, dude. Well, he achieved that. It looks like to me. Yeah, nailed. I it. got a couple I wrote down too. Yeah, some of the ones that I sent you. I don't know whether these are actual just quotes of his own or like role like lines from roles that he's played. Who knows? Um, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Of ones. <laughs> <laughs> he's got one that says, uh, "I think what makes people fascinating is conflict. It's drama. It's the human condition." Nobody wants to watch perfection. I can see that being like something that he would actually say. Uh, yeah. But this one. That's so odd. I am not a demon. I am a lizard, a shark, a heat-seeking panther, 
I want to be Bob Denver on acid playing the accordion. I have no idea what that means. Cocaine. That's, that's what that means. Yeah. Cocaine. That's awesome. Yeah. And I then there's another movie. one. My father once said, in quotes, if you're in the desert and you're dying of thirst, are you going to drink a glass of blood or are you going to drink a glass of water? I think what he was trying to say, inter- interesting coming from my, my blood father, is sometimes there are people in your family that can be toxic. I don't know. I didn't get that. But I get the sentiment that, you know, he implies at the end. Like, I totally understand that. Like, But I don't. That's that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I guess if you're, you know, uh, if you're thirsty. I think that's and going dead, against the, the grain of, like, like the, the blood is thicker than water, kind of. Yeah. In your life, you know, you're looking for, a, you know, a drink to quench your thirst in your time of need. Uh, that blood can not necessarily be the drink of choice, maybe. Uh, Dude, that kind of like ties back to Matchstick Men, because Angela's not his real blood. But she look isn't. At, look at what happened by their coming together, you know, like, yeah. And same goes for, you know, like, and I totally meant that to tie into the movie when I said it, that's totally, (laughs) yeah, totally. Well, no, it's fuck synchronicity, man. It, 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 it's interesting how that works sometimes, you know, you're talking about Um, stuff and it, it um, it's like a melange of things that come (laughs) melange. That's our thing. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm paying Omar the melange <laughs> but like there's tons of people that like i i'm one of them too like that had you know like a step stepfather or or even like i remember in my formative years i had a cousin like a like there wasn't a distant cousin but i i had a big family so i had like fucking 30 cousins so i didn't know all of them really well but there's one kind of like that I didn't know very well that came into my life for like a two or three year period that was huge, you know, but um, like there's a, it, it like you meet a lot of people like growing up and, and it's not always like the family that's the strongest or that's going to impart like the life, the most important life lesson. So I guess that's out of that funky ass quote with the blood and the water and all that, yeah, what I kind of pulled from that a little bit. If Dominic Toretto has taught me anything, it's that that family is not just blood related. <laughs> you know. It's Corona related. Yes. <clears throat> uh, it's about family. <laughs> Hashtag family. Yeah, I don't have any more interesting cageisms. Do you have any or any favorite no. quotes? Either of you guys, or any final thoughts or anything about uh, Matchstick Men that you guys want to cover or. I just think it's a charming film. I, I recommend it to people. I haven't seen it in a long time until we decided to do it for your cast. And uh, I watched it and I was just, it still, it still was a good watch to me. You know, I knew the swerves that were coming, but still, I thought it was, uh, I never watched it with a critical eye, but I enjoy it. I like it too. I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it, but I wouldn't admonish anyone from checking it out. I think the characters are all really really good you know and like i know like sam uh rockwell's character frank is not like the biggest um i don't know i guess like he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of variety in the in the he in doesn't the movie he, um, his character didn't really stand out to me he's just a smart ass you know like that's and that's that's a role that sam rockwell just fucking masters like he knows how to, that's he could just come in and do that shit any day right that, and i think that goes back to like i felt like he he was playing this character kind of in his sleep 
a little bit. I kind of wonder, like, if some of the the scenes that we're watching may have not have been improv too, like where he was just trying to make Nicolas Cage laugh or something. Too. Yeah, like I kind of thought yeah. the same thing, just like yeah. leaving him voicemails, trying to get him to. Yeah, the respond. voicemail scene in, in particular. I, I do know about like a, saying things. Seems like a funny. like a non meth addict Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> <laughs> I I did like that kind of montage like throughout the day of him just like staying on him like pick yeah. it up still calling pick yeah. it up now and then he's like out like he's hitting a couple golf balls and like and he's he, like he all knows, right I'm coming over yeah he he <laughs> yeah. knows like this is my entire day like but he still does it but yeah I don't know I was expecting a little bit more out of his character because I liked him a lot in like uh, Galaxy Quest uh, Hitchhiker's Guide uh, I like him Moon? Yes, I like him a lot in Moon, and I like him a lot in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, he's really good in that. He's fucking awesome in that. So, yeah, this, I don't know, he falls a little flat for me. I like him in this, but it's its definitely Cage's film. Yeah. Um, and I think the relationship between Cage and Angela are, is what takes a precedent in the film. Like, Sam, that's why Sam Rockwell's character kind of plays the background, and, you know, because he's, he's running the scam the whole time, so he's kind of, like, maneuvering everything. Yeah, um, we get to focus on. I think that's the bread and butter is is the relationship between Angela and Cage. And I just think this is the kind of film where, like, if people are like, oh, "I'm not really into Nicolas Cage," I would recommend this film. That would yeah, be he doesn't really that. cage it up. Yeah, out, really, but he out, does enough to me outside of that piss blood scene. That's the only like really <laughs> Cage esque like hit you in the gut. I mean, he has a, he has a couple little picadillos that you could pick out as little some pygmies. But that's yeah, like the overriding pigmies. one. Yeah. Just and a it's not, pigmies. they don't exploit it and like over, overplay it. You know, I feel like, um, um, dude, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. Um, or I'm curious, Steve, have you seen Mandy at all or are aware of what that is? Nope. From 2018. That's not a film I could see Steve just like seeking out. You know what I mean? Like, no. But I'd I'd be really curious to see what you think of it. Um, you should watch it. You should watch the trailer if you get it. If you get a chance, that might be one Mandy. we have to. It's a good watch. There's about. a lot of style to that film. Um, yeah, there's substance too, in my opinion. But it's definitely one of those films that, like, the style, uh, it might stand out a little bit more than the um, than the substance at first when you first watch it. It's a slow burn. It's like slow yet like intensely fucking like. It's very impactful to me. Crazy. I thought it was a very good film. I'm down to watch it. I just wouldn't want to watch any preview or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't that. think you should, probably. No? Okay. Yeah. I remember, I watched one trailer for it, and I was like, I am watching that film. Like, yeah? I need I need to see that film. Yeah, the pro- yeah I did, too. Okay. When they show like, like that like that axe thing or whatever. Yeah. I was like, and that, what is that, that was really the first like movie like that, that kicked off his like second cage renaissance because now he's creep ever since that point he's crept back into more movies that aren't like straight to streaming or straight to dvd because for for like i don't know it's got to be like a 10 10 to 15 year period between like ghost rider right around there like 2006 2007 he goes on a like an epic fucking string of like 
from 2007 to 2018. Yeah, well, he's trying to pay back his debts and like uh, you know, well, the money yeah. he owes for buying dinosaur fossils and shit like that. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm saying it is like you, like I know a lot of people knock like yeah he's like doing this because he's he's just doing to make fast buck and like it's not it's I'm not about the it. art at this point. But like that aside, like the prolific like sheer volume of shit that he was in for like a 10 to 12 year period around there is insanity. And then it comes back to, he, he gets cast in this indie film Mandy, but it's got like a real prestigious uh, director and he's, he's got a really funky style and it kind of put him back on this, this track of like, like it's a second like Renaissance of like uh, playing up the, the cage, uh, Je ne sais quoi. I guess. <laughs> I like that yeah, role. For honestly, me. Like it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging he, it. He flexes his range in that as well, too. There's emotional scenes in that movie, um, quiet scenes, and then there's like loud, violent, Intense, or like crazy. just like abrupt, yeah, yeah. energetic, like emotional scenes, too. And I feel like that's a good role for, I think it's a perfect role for him, to be honest. And that's why. Yeah, it was you like tailor like made. Kind of yeah, and I've, I've, he's also leaned into the the horror genre in a big way since then. Yeah, or like right around that time, he did. Yeah, what, with yeah. mom and dad, he did that. He did uh, color out of space, which I thought was fucking dope. Um, yep, it's he a, did like, that Willy's wa- Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, which I haven't seen. Um, I heard it's mixed, but I, I'd I watch it one day. Just I didn't watch like it. it. But, yeah. I didn't like it at all. But, um, but still, like I get it. It's like one of those films where like he. It's a weird film because like you're hiring Nicolas Cage and then you're not giving him what he, he doesn't speak in the fucking film. It's game. terrible. Don't watch it. Nobody watch that film. Fuck that film. He's also going to be in Renfield. That looks really Renfield cool, Dracula. man. There's got to be some vampires kiss like references like peppered in there. Yeah, that'd be it's funny. Too if good they had to like not a scene to of him that. running down the street. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Nicolas Cage for all his faults and stuff. You know. Yeah, he's cool. He does some he does some whack films here and there, but he's also been in some some bangers. Yeah, he's had quite the career, that's for sure. All right, well, uh, I think yeah, that'll do it for us for uh, Matchstick Men. Uh, I'm glad we covered it, and I feel like uh, even though you have it has the star power of Nick Cage and being directed by Ridley Scott, this is one that not a lot of people talk about, and it's kind of just faded into uh, obscurity. Um, especially given like the people who put it out, like their prolific careers, it's easy to get in that lost in that shuffle of so much, so much shit that they've done. Uh, Ridley Scott, Nick, Nick Cage, namely. Um, but yeah, I think my opinion has softened a little bit after talking about it. Um, and even previous to that too, it wasn't something that I hate. I just, it didn't particularly grab me on this watch, but um, yeah. Anyway, if you, if you guys uh, have questions uh, or thoughts about matchstick men or anything else, you can reach out to us via email at wax at waxing the porpoise.com or either of our socials. Instagram is waxing the porpoise and Twitter is at waxing the porp. Um, we don't have any new reviews or anything like that. I was going to do a fucking pod roundup, but I'm fucking lazy. Um, Yo, bro, I, I don't know if you saw my message, but man, I respected the shit out of that pod roundup. You did like a couple episodes ago. That's a really cool idea actually to do. Um, I think it's something that would be good for like all our, all our smaller podcasts to just do and kind of like shed some light on each other. 
Uh, like yeah. you said, we're not a network, but we are a network in a sense that like we're friends and we keep in touch and we have each other. We collabo. Yeah. Um, it's like a loose and unofficial and we're like, all up ass- and assemblage. Yeah. And I just like, I loved just like you were just, you know, pointing out some of the cool episodes that people were putting out, you know, cinema villains, us fucking ghoulish, like everybody um, being dub, you know, Ty- you even get, you got Tyler nightmare in there. You got his cinema uh, punks in there. Um, yeah, Anna I guess and his podcast Simmerslab. Yeah, hey, I think we could actually run through it real quick here in like two minutes. What's what's mm. her new podcast? Uh, uh, it's, called? it's called Cinema Slab. It's her. And, it's Anna and Hannah. They do a podcast together. They're fans of horror. They they met uh, through that, and they've had a bond um, since then. Uh, they have uh, Anna's Hannah's uh, brother sometimes Hunter on as well. I oh, recently sweet. went on a show on their show and we uh, reviewed episode one through three of um, not really reviewed, but we talked about episode one through three of uh, The Last of Us. Um, oh, nice. It, yeah, they're mainly doing horror right now, but it's it's all about cinema in general. So I'm sure they're going to do some other films that aren't horror specific, but they have a oh. great show. They have a great vibe and chemistry and it'll just grow from there. You can tell already. Just like this show, just like all the shows that we're all fans of. Word. Yeah, I wanted to include her too, and I'll I'll run through a couple that are top of mind. Uh, I know you guys just did one with um, uh, Logan from Ghoulish Uni came on to a cut above your you guys' most recent episode eighty five was uh, Revenge, which I still haven't seen, and I haven't listened to that episode because I do want I've been meaning to see it for a few years. Yeah, now. I recommend just, the film, man. Uh, the, was that Julie DeCornow? Is that her uh, name, the director, or no, is she no, the star? Uh, Coralie uh, Fargat. Oh, okay, I'm, you're thinking of the director of Raw. Oh, Raw, that's right. That's Cat just Chain. that's up in my brain too. Yeah, right she's now. another French uh, director writer. Um, th- this woman's French also. Ah, uh, yeah, it's part of our Women in Horror Month on a cut above. Um, it's the second film we- we've done this month for Women in Horror Month, and um, it was an awesome discussion. It's Logan's first time coming on, and she was great. You know, I talk to her every day on Slack, and I listen to Ghoulish University, but uh, to have her on cut above. She's been a supporter of ours since we launched, and um, I really appreciate that. And I, I just thought like this was a film like she she kind of like as soon as I mentioned it that it might be a film we're covering, she's like, oh, if you want, if you want to get, I'm like, how do I say no to that? Like, come on, yeah. come come and talk about it. And yeah, that's the best. We it full circle because she was like, man, one of the first conversations I remember having with you and anybody in Slack was like someone mentioned rape revenge revenge films, which are tough watches, and they you know. I get yeah. it. It triggers things. And she was like, I don't see a reason that rape should ever be in a movie. Like, and she, she's since like, you know, stepped back from that stance, but you know, I understand where she's coming from too. Like mm-hmm. it is a tough thing to see. And I don't think it should be exploited in every film, but it's powerful. It's a powerful motivator for a, a protagonist. And yeah, when it's there's done, some sense of when it's used right or, uh, yeah, there's that's like with a certain kind of decorum, I guess. Yeah, you get so satisfied. There's such a, I don't know, man. To see someone, especially a powerful female, like take back what was taken from them, or you know, just get that that sweet revenge. It doesn't it doesn't fix everything, but to see that moment, and it it doesn't have to involve rape, but a lot of them do, unfortunately. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I don't think it should be like a trope that everybody like uses all the time for revenge films. But we we discussed that in the in the episode. It was a good conversation. Kill Bill Volume Two. Yeah, exactly. That you mentioned that. Oh, it's so which is a good. revenge film, but it also does have rape. Like she's raped in that as well, right? When she's in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Yeah. Puck. That, that 
and I'm here. That part's yeah, pretty uh, brutal too. If you like, you know, but he 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 brings a little bit of a levity to that subject with that film, and also his um, you know, it's an homage to other films that he, you know he blends it with the kung fu and the the spaghetti western. Right. So it's not just a rape revenge film. Right. So yeah, you kind of forget that that's that is its main drive though. It's like she's been wronged and yes, she was raped also when she was in a coma. Yeah, that one it's like that's not the focal point because there's so much wild shit. Yeah. Swirling but around when she's in those bashing two films. that dude's head in the door. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I love that awesome. film, man. It is so. I saw good. Kill Bill like three times in the theater. Yeah, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah, they're fucking good, man. Those are good ones to flash back. Like you forget about how good they are when you like, watch them. It's like fuck. I'm yeah, thinking about. Like, I gotta watch. I gotta watch part two immediately right now. I like part two. A lot yeah. of people always like. They mention part one. Part one's great. They're both great. Yeah. I, think, I like part two. Also, I like. I like part. I gotta two think better. of them as just one film. Like I, I could never if I watched the first one. Yeah, that's how I it, think about it. I feel like it could. I couldn't wait more than like a day to like. All right, we gotta. Yeah. We gotta complete it. Like I watched half of a movie, but yeah. So yeah, that's your guys' newest episode. Tell you want to tell. Uh, we lead this one right into a uh, plug for you guys. Where can people find a cut above? Oh, yeah, so we're a Cut Above Horror Review. Uh, it's three of us, John, Jacqueline, and Hyderberg. We host every week a horror movie review show, podcast. It's a, just a fun... If you just want to hear like a fun podcast of like three friends like developing a friendship over time, like um, we have almost... We're going to be hitting 100 episodes in May, so we're getting That's there. awesome. Um, I'm pretty proud of that, actually. It's still surreal. So you're, uh, you're almost coming up pretty soon on your second anniversary. We'll be in a couple months. Yeah, we're on episode 86 this Monday where we'll be recording. Um, so, yeah, it's it's nice. It's crazy, man. I look forward to it every week. It feels like work sometimes, but every once in a while, like when I finally get down there and we press record and I sit in front of the TV and the uh, computer, it's just me talking with, you know, friends like like your show. You know, what I mean, it's just fucking yeah. it's fun. You know? Yeah. So, it's- yeah. It's a it's a fun like reason to meet and and have something kind of yeah, prescriptive, cool. but then you can also go off on tangents and you remember things and yeah, I think it, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to it every week for sure. Yeah, I mean it's just us re- reviewing a movie, but at the same time, like not to get sentimental, but it's just me, John, and Jacqueline like cementing this friendship that we've grown over time I and mean, we've never even met each other in person. So yeah, it's cool. Uh, it means a lot to me, but yeah, thanks for. Have given me an, an avenue to promote it. Um, we're on all the podcast apps, uh, you know, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, all that, uh, iTunes. Uh, we're on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review, and we're on Twitter at cut above horror, and on Facebook at a cut above colon horror review. Sweet, sweet, fuck yeah, yeah. Check out a cut above. I just, I list, I just finished your guys' uh, review on Master, which I watched way back when it came out a few months ago. And what did you think about that movie? I thought it was cool. I mean, without getting too deep into it, I, I feel it pretty similar to all of you guys. Yeah. Like it was lacking something, and a couple of the storylines went nowhere. Like. I think right. is it Judith, the the main gal who hangs herself. I was really disappointed. Uh, Jasmine, with I think it was Jasmine. Or... I was really yeah. disappointed with what they did with that, but uh, I think overall it was decent. Like I, it's I, a first I attempt. Okay I think. It. I think it's like the first directorial debut of that um, director too. So I think it's admirable. Yeah, yeah. I'd, it tries I'd probably a lot. leave it there. It swings pretty hard and it misses a little bit. 
but you I, know, I really, happens. really liked the scary scene where the fucking red lights come on and she's with the group like that are tour- ostensibly touring the college and it gets yeah. very weird and like surreal. Like, yeah, that I liked how much that scene freaked me out and a couple other freak out scenes, like with the paintings and the kind of the supernatural weirdness yeah. and paintings are really cool. I wish they played on that more. I think I the director kind of knows the things that scare you, like bug you out a little bit. And I think the film does a pretty good job on queuing in on some of those things. So I think there's some promise there for that director. If she keeps doing yeah. more, in the genre yeah especially if that's your first showing i mean it, it, it was pretty polished and i think just I would, on a story basis i think i agreed like it could have been like two or three different movies and there was there was too much yeah. going on to like bring it back and make it cohesive and as satisfying yes. as i would have wanted and i feel it like to that be. dilutes the statement it's trying to make a little bit because yeah. you get lost in the sauce uh, yeah i agree I also want to recommend uh, you should check out our identity episode because we had these two fine gentlemen on there, and it was uh, it was a it was a good episode. It's like a like a doggy style on a Sunday morning almost. You know, <laughs> one might say if you're gonna rate it, that was fun. That was fun. yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> I, I realized that the movie when we started talking about it wasn't like the best film, but I enjoyed the conversation nonetheless. Sometimes. The films aren't the best. You pick a you pick a bummer sometimes, or, you know. Yeah, a dud. But sometimes that's like not the focal point though, too. Or like you know, yeah. we've had a couple episodes where they've like Steve has been like, "Nah, I didn't like this," and we had a really good like time. The anyway, I won't know? hold it against you. Steve. Like Blade yeah. Runner sucks. Speaking of Ridley <laughs> Scott, that, that I'm was so curious what you would think about 2049 though, because I think that's one of the best films I've watched in the last ten years. Yeah, I I think you'd like it based on because of uh, your enjoyment of prisoners, even though it's a way different story, the, uh, the craft and like the, of, cause it was directed by the same dude. Benny I don't Benny think a villain you makes a bad film. I don't think I can. Yeah. Like, I think his only knock is if you were impatient with your viewing could be like slow. Prisoners was a banger and their episode but, on it was super extensive. Like you guys really broke that film down. Um, I don't mind. You brought a, up a lot of really good burn. points. I don't yeah. think so either. And like you brought up a lot of really good uh, points on like, and, and there's so many different perspectives to put yourself like in their shoes in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think you guys were on the money too about the ending though. Like the whistle, play it like once or twice, and yeah. like leave it up to us whether he goes and and, and we know from. His character, Joe and Hall's character, that he's inquisitive enough, like he's not going to let it go. Yeah, like, right. So he will find out that Hugh Jackman's there and probably almost frozen to death, but he'll save him in time. Yeah. But you don't have to like really show us walking in that direction or like the third whistle. Yeah, I thought the third whistle was a bridge too far for me. Yeah, on and it was very front. quiet though. So like, I'm, there's probably there's probably a lot of audience members that really didn't even pick it up too because it's, it's yeah it's played very muffled yeah i had the the fortune of you know watching it home on streaming and when they yeah. did it i rewound it two or three times and you can definitely pick up the volume picks up on each subsequent whistle yeah yeah it like gets a little the louder. first one is very faint the second one's a little bit more the third one's like and the way Hall reacts and like yeah. his head Cox right at the third whistle. I was like, see, that's too much. I don't like that because it's you're telegraphing instantly, like, okay, he knows he's safe. Yeah, and you're kind of telling us exactly what's gonna happen where it's I, better to leave it yeah, ambiguous. I would have liked a little bit more of fog of and war. Steve, there. I, I saw that you you watched uh Nightcrawler recently, which was yeah. definitely a, 
I thought that was a good film. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a fun one. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good Jalen Hall uh, role. And uh, Bill Paxson's in that. I was all ready to do like a uh, six degrees too of Bill Paxson. If you get, oh, you got you want to lay one down real quick. Well, um, this film when I was on last time, I think this, I think the six degree of Bill Paxson was Simple Plan, mm-hmm. or or you had mentioned it one time. Yeah, right? Simple Plan with Billy Paxson Bob. And, yeah. Um. So I think in that uh, Jane Fonda is in that film. Jane right? Fonda or, in is she in that? I don't think she was. I, I had this like through line where I thought she was in that, and then she was in um she was in that movie with Nicolas Cage where he's they they split the lottery ticket. You're thinking of Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda is what I meant. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. And I said Jane. Yeah. Yes, and she she is in A Simple Plan. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. her daughter. Yeah, Bridget Fonda is in that, and then she's in um, what is it um. What is the movie with the lottery ticket? What's it called again? Um, Anything can happen or something like that? Or yeah, that sounds right. It can, you know I think the movie? It, it, I think it. It could happen to you. It could happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Where they kind of split. They yeah. He has a marriage that's not so successful or something like that. Or like they split the lottery ticket and they kind of have a budding romance based on that or something like that. Yep. That's it's actually a that's a fun that's a fun film. That's a that's a fun cheesy early nineties romp i think but, it was uh, maybe based partly on a true story too but i can see that there's plenty of people that go in on a lot of your tickets dude there's another one do you guys ever remember the nick nick cage was in it with james Kahn and uh it might be bridget fonda it was like from 91 it was the i think it was um he played like an elvis impersonator honeymoon in vegas that's what it yeah was. that actually i don't know if that got him a nomination or um, an oscar that was Sarah Jessica Parker. That's right. Dude, Richard would like this because they had Jerry Tarkanian, the former uh, college basketball coach for Fresno State Bulldogs, was had a cameo in Honeymoon in Vegas at the end during the like the they're playing <laughs> poker and he sits there and he does his trademark, he bites a towel. Oh like leaving all stressed out. Um Oh, let me finish this, a quick roundup too, because we have had some new episodes from like Bean Dubbed was on a bit of a little bit of a hiatus. They just came out rapid fire. They did they released Hackers, and then they just released their first anniversary special um, episode twenty nine. Yeah, just came out, so congrats to them for sure. Uh, Ghoulish came out kind of rapid fire since we talked last with like three episodes, and now they're covering. They're on to uh, their le- recent episode was. Uh, Tales from the Crypt season three episode one love love to death. I can't believe uh, they're on season three already. Yeah, well, season one I think was like a pilot short, yeah. season and only had yeah, five like or five six episodes, episodes. Yeah. and then they gradually increase. I think like two and three, two through four have like fifteen or eighteen episodes, and then I think five and six have like twenty two or twenty four episodes. So you guys have been on for what three times? Or Two twice. or three. Twice. We went. On, we went on for like a. Well, Jim, you were on by yourself for one episode, right? That's right. Yeah, I and can't. You remember. guys were on for um, that movie. What was they, it? They did like a Halloween special. And they they did VHS two. VHS two, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was like a. <laughs> and then you guys were on for another episode recently. Yep. Yeah. Then we did um, television terror. Yes, with Morton Downey Jr. Fucking toothsome wonder. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, obviously, to uh, Straight Chilling just came out with a new episode on um, the Cell, which Heidelberg was actually the uh, that was his U pick, the flick. They do a, like a 
quarterly like lottery where if you get picked, you can choose a movie that they review. And he picked The Cell with Vincent D'Onofrio, J-Lo, Vince Vaughn. Do you ever have you ever seen that one from no. the year two thousand? It's fucking weird. Um, and then I think who else? We got a couple others here, real quick. I know Cinema Villains just did a Valentine's special. Uh, where the fuck? Why can't I find them? Oh, it's probably because I spelled fucking villain wrong. Asshole. Yeah, they just came out with a Valentine's Day special where they covered uh, Valentine from the year 2001. Prominently features Deftones on the soundtrack. Thank you. Me sober enough. Ha! Ow! Um, I know. Ty- <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah, they, uh, they did TM- TMNT also. Some yeah, they did crazy. that. They released those kind of back to back since we talked last too. So I haven't listened to that one yet. I, I need to. I love I love the first uh, uh, Ninja Turtle flick. Elias Coteus just fucking kills it. Whoops. Um, yeah, they just covered that. Uh, they covered a couple like Rapid Fire, and they did Little Shop of Horrors, and then their recent episode they just put out was on uh, Weird the. Al Yankovic story with starring starring Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe with a fucking fro. Yeah, I heard it was funny. I've heard some wild shit about it. I thought they were doing like a straight biopic, but I guess it devolves very quickly yeah. into yeah, like a, a wild fucking yeah. Which kind of so, makes sense on who it's like riffing on, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I I'm a huge fan of UHF, and I've heard it compared favorably to UHF, so I wow. I definitely want to check it out. UHF was like a huge flop when it came out, too. Dude, yeah, but it's but it's a cult classic. It's I think it's great, man. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Never seen it. Yeah, it's pretty obscure. Michael Richards, Kramer's in it, plays a weirdo. Um, Big right. surprise. Yeah, yeah, shocker. Seems like a real stretch for him. Alrighty, is there any other pods I missed? Ghoulish, I'm trying to think of Ghoulish punks, out. cinema villains, straight chilling. You guys, us. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Plug it up. She recently did. Um, oh yeah, Caitlin at Plug It Up. What'd they do? She just she does so many. Uh, Ready or not, she just did. Oh nice. Which is a banger, in my opinion. We covered that on the podcast. On a yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. I like that a lot. That's one of those. We've we've we have a couple episodes that we've done where we're like covered things where like I wish we could cover them now with their are like more refined. Um, you know, there are segments and the way our flow is. Now. Right. Yeah, I kind of thought that going into it, like, I wanted to save, like, the good shit. Like, yeah, that's why you did stuff like Thunderheart early on. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a good movie. Although, I, those are films that I love. <laughs> it is a good movie. Once, once I got into this process, I was like, fuck, there are a lot of movies that Steve hasn't seen, and there's a lot of movies that I really like. <laughs> once I started putting shit I like up that, Jim. You like, you like, like, under-the-radar films, too. That's why I kind of pitched Massac Men because I feel like that's one of those kind of one of those. And I appreciated that too. Yeah, like like Jennifer's Jennifer Eight is like it's. I was thinking about rewatching the film because I've seen it once, but your review was sort of like, "Hey, watch it if you want." It's not like the best film, but like it's got enough to it that you'll enjoy. But your review of it was like, "Oh man, this plot sounds pretty cool." Like, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've always been a huge Andy Garcia fan. I, I feel like he I'm a huge Uma Thurman fan. So. Yeah. yeah, although I mean, her role in Jennifer Eight was pretty, uh, pretty slim. But well, it's we don't know if she's blind or not. 
It's true. I'm still not don't, convinced. Don't, don't even get, get me started. started. <laughs> Baseball. Um, Talk about a yeah, long con. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Mm. God damn. Talk about a boner alert. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Alrighty. Well, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks again, Hydroberg, for coming on. We appreciate you making the time. And thanks, uh, can I preface real quick what we're we talking about next week? I, I think we're doing, uh, what is that, the 23rd? Yeah, so next next episode, we're re- it's going to be a, a redemption, hopefully, for me. Uh, we're going to cover 1992s. 1992 again. Comes in threes, man. This will be like the third flick from 92 we did jennifer eight basic instinct which hasn't released yet but and then unforgiven with it was clint eastwood's uh he directed morgan freeman uh i think it was i think it got best picture best director in that year for that's what you're coming the, next week unforgiven yep and oh, wow. chris chris from channel 83 will be back uh to discuss because i i shamed or i i i trashed the movie uh, saying that when I watched it, I didn't see what all the, the fucking hype was. I'm about a big it. fan of Unforgiven. I haven't seen it a long time. I only saw it one time, and when I it fell fucking deader than a doornail for me. I think I like it um, personally. I, I think Morgan Freeman's great in it, right? It's Morgan Freeman. Yep, it's Freeman yeah. and and uh, Clint Eastwood are the. Two I also main. think a lot of the baggage that comes with that film is too like. If you were around that time, you know that like Clint Eastwood had taken a he had taken a break from doing westerns yeah. for a really long time so this was like it was a his, return to form yeah like. yeah and so like it was a big fucking deal when this film came out and the fact that it was his film you know it was yeah his, and he directed it terms, i think he wrote his writing right yeah I, I think he wrote it i'm not positive but i know he directed it he, i know he was all over it like crazy yeah and he hadn't done a western in a long time and it was like gene hackman's really good in it too yep he is in it and it's shot it it looks way more modern. Like it looks like a modern action film, but a Western, like it's got that sheen on it by virtue of the time. I think it was made, but um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be a redemption. I'm, I'm maybe my opinion will change about it, but I'm in. Is that one, I have like you it. seen I that? Also... Steve? Huh? Have you seen unforgiven? No, no, no. but I'm in. It sounds You're good. Going into it fresh. Oh yeah. Okay. I personally like it, and I also uh, just real quick, uh, I w- I was almost anticipating him being on the show. I, I I enjoy Chris, and I enjoy his banter with you guys. Yeah, Chris is a man. He's like the third member. Yeah, he's, he's like Nicole he, for our show. Yeah, totally. He he definitely adds to the show for sure by like like uh, acumen and like just knowledge base and just being a funny dude. Like, yeah, the same way. Nicole. I'm going to go back and listen to his show because I like, dude, his, his like, show is fucking podcast. cool. Like, man. He's super informative. It really yeah, I'm is. sort of bummed out. Like, Oh, he doesn't have a show anymore too. So I'll just go listen to whatever he's put out before. Yeah. It's super cool. What, like one of the things that drew me in was he did a, he did like a Halloween res- uh, retrospective. He did three films, one of which was Jacko. And yeah. uh, he's covered the being before. He's a fan of wow. the being. Um, Around here, we call that big money. <laughs> Arn, we're going to get erected. <laughs> uh, and he also, he did a Rutger Hauer uh, retrospective too. That was really cool. That op- that kind of opened my eyes to some, some deep cuts from the Hauer's uh back catalog that are really good i think one of them's called surviving the game with ice tea that's 
that I went flashback to. Yeah. I was like, dude, they did fucks. So what about yeah, when he, he plays the blind samurai or whatever the uh, blind fury? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his shows are cool. They're nice and bite-sized. I don't think any one of them is any longer than like 20, 30 minutes. And just like his dry kind of delivery. And He's like, super well-spoken. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. And he, he did one long player, I think, with his girlfriend. They did like a year, like one-year anniversary where they talked about some of the films that they watched and and liked that was super funny. And he kind of spreads his wings on that a little bit more in like the, the long form that we do, but yeah, all of his other uh, ones are, are, he, he does a lot of obscure shit. So it's, it's fun to look at that and, and branch out and be like, Oh cool. I'm going to go check that out. And like, um, like shit I'd never would have heard of. So yeah, check him out too. Channel 83. Um, He'll be back next week. Uh, thanks again for joining us all. Final thoughts? You look like you wanted to say something, Steve. No, I was just gonna. I was just thinking about uh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, oh, Chris man, is the fucking man. That could that guy makes me laugh. <laughs> right on. Cool. Thanks, Hydra, for coming on again. Thank you all for thanks tuning for in. Me on. Check us out next week and uh, take care. Bye now. Keep it creepy. Uh-oh.